take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own we don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it ganja. Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I'm Adam Dunn's brother, filling in for Adam Dunn. Greg Dunn. Greg Dunn. Well done. Greg, well done. <coughs> and I'm your co-host, Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Shinasa. Shinasa. <coughs> How's it going, Greg? Pretty. Who? Oh, yeah, me? Yeah, great. And another clean-cut guy over here, KTI. KTI. Part of the clean-cut crew. It's a whole new, it's a whole new image we're going to go for. We're, 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 is we hear, hearing good? <coughs> then my coughing. Jesus. Hearing great. Yeah, anti wook. Is that anti wook look? Yeah. <laughs> the anti wook. The anti wook look. Like, um, well, we are we broadcasting? Pretty... Oh yeah, we're broadcasting. Let's see if anyone has anything to say. Nothing. They don't even. They notice. didn't even notice. They're like, who? <coughs> what? They all noticed. Did they? Yeah, they Great. all noticed. Good. Yeah, uh, but I did. But I did. Uh, the beard's not gone. The beard is alive and well. Looking great. You gotta hold it up. Hold it up. Mm-hmm. So. A little more that way? Yeah, there. And the glare is terrible. There you go. Mm-hmm. There it is, in all its majesty. So uh, we're probably going to be auctioning that guy off. There you go. The beard is At some point. That was from a kid, actually. That's why I did the whole thing. So he can have your beard? So he could. Have, yeah, he doesn't want it. He's like, what? What am I going to do with that? <laughs> He's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, it's gross, oh. Dad. I'm like, You're going to keep this. You're going to love it. How long did you grew that beard? Two that's five years. years. That's five, five years. That's a five-year beard. Really? Yeah. Five-yeared. That's a five-yeared. Yeah, exactly. How many years? Two years. One year. That was a five-yeared. Wow. Quite it could be yours. <laughs> we're gonna definitely <coughs> turn off by the end of the show. No. No, <laughs> no we're not. I don't think I'll get enough on it. This show. Gross rooms on it is what people suggest you do with your beard. You got to build the hype. Gross anyway. rooms. Yeah, I think you can do that on its own. It's just going to sprout need, in there? It doesn't need You don't have to eat gross rooms. <laughs> It'll grow shrooms. It'll probably grow a lot of other things. Who knows? Who we'll knows? find out. We'll, we'll keep. We'll check in with the beard. <laughs> we'll check in. It'll definitely grow more things than a McDonald's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Mac. It's very alive. It's more alive than that. So fun show today. Uh, yeah, we got a totally fun-filled show. Full calendar. First, Jim Frere. Straight out of the gate, Jim Frere. He's going to be calling any second now. He already did, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Call back. He's going to call back. Did you hear about the cool stuff? Did he tell you anything about what he's doing? No, you mentioned, and I'm just waiting for the He's show. working on a book. Oh, he's working. Okay, I thought he... Well, he said he's going to be releasing a book, so I assume he's working on it now. It could be done. You never know what Jim. Could, could have started it. <laughs> Usually when you started it, you actually announced that, that part of it. Um, and then... Uh, and then we got the, our... our our long-awaited friend, the bro, we're hopefully, hopefully rolling through. Oh, we got Jim. That's Jim. good. That's a good start. Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. Hi, y'all. He's back, and we're live now. It works. We're here. We're live. We're back. We're all live. I'm way sobered half, up now. Half, half there. Half life. Yeah, that's he, okay. Yeah, he. Uh, you only percent. For this, definitely 15, 20 percent max. That's all he needs for this show. Nah, we. we 
It's throwaway. So uh, no, man, don't be swag. Don't be swag. <laughs> don't, don't be, be swag. So <laughs> what's going on, Jim? Been a little bit since we've. I mean, I've talked to you, but you haven't been on the show in a few months. I feel like. Yeah, there's been a lot of changes out here in Oregon. Uh, the legislature's managed to cock up a lot of things, and you know, there's just been, you know, some just some interesting politics going on out here in old Oregon and and uh, it's taken uh, applied synergy off the shelves for a, a, a minute and that's okay uh, I'd rather not keep jumping through the strange hoops that the state was throwing at us for a while uh, it was getting a little bit maddening you know <laughs> just get your get your new labels in and they <laughs> and they write a new law change it again uh, yeah they sure I've like got to a, keep that target moving. Yeah, I got a, I got a, you know, a good vacations worth of of label sitting on shelves in my <laughs> shop. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been it's just been one of those things, but it's been kind of good in other ways because forced me to look at other uh, products that are available to be made from this wonderful plant and uh, and. <clears throat> So, yeah, largely uh, until uh, we get our shit together in this state, uh, and maybe they loosen up the banking a little bit, because if they're going to require us to be, like, tax pumps, at least they could let us <laughs> write them a check and not have to, like, uh, at least in my instance, be, like, drive three hours, four hours uh, with a big pile of cash in my vehicle to go pay my taxes yeah that's how it goes here too and you're especially not allowed to have a firearm so they're really just like setting you up for three hour driving though yeah, yeah with a lot cash. of cash <laughs> on a daily no basis. protection on a daily basis yeah and, and where we you know uh oregon is is a is a is a long drawn out state i mean it's probably a lot like uh the more rural aspects of colorado so there's a lot of places where you know Anything could happen. A tree could fall in front of you. You could be sitting there with thirty grand. Uh, you know, these are kind of like little business decisions that you make when you're not in the metro, which you know we're not in the metro and really aren't really interested in being in the metro. Uh, so anyway, that's just one thing. So it's forced me to kind of look into some other projects and. Uh, one of them that's really shown a lot of promise, and it uh, looks like it, it could be ready to go uh, go to work for me here in the next six months or so is uh, uh, wood product finishes. Wood product. So I saw you post. You sent me a message. You posted this on Facebook, and you said cannabis wood product finishes. And it was confusing to me at first because I thought you were saying cannabis wood, but it's the finishes that are made from cannabis, and it's for all sorts of woods. Yes, exactly. Uh, Durable, uh, lacquer-type finish uh, can be made either in a satin or gloss finish. Uh, largely, uh, basically, edible ingredients. Uh, Eco-friendly to the max. That's pretty cool that they're... Because, like, that stuff is pretty not echo Like, if you go to Home Depot, the varnish oh, aisle sure. is like, ugh, that's all poison. Um, yeah, so, so I... I looked at that and I said, well, how can cannabis make that better? And I've got a lineup of wood finishes now that make it better. Oh, you, you're the perfect character to be making wood finishes. Mm -hmm. You got that. 
Old Jim's wood finishes. Old Jim's wood finish. And then you come out and get off my property kind of vibe. Darn it, varnish. Darn it, varnish. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah we got you, Jim. We're we <laughs> ready to push this thing. You know, the, the old Jim part of it's becoming more true every day, so I have to get a little bit more witty with what I'm coming up with. And <laughs> right. So this is, this is uh, you know, an avenue that we're actively pursuing right now while the state's, you know, playing with their weenie over edibles and wrapping their mind around infused products. Uh, it's, uh, so it's, we, we got to ask, probably we're, we're the one show that you're going to talk about this product on that has to ask because we're going to nerd out over this. Uh, how are you making wood stain out of weed, Jim? I don't well, want you to give away uh, the secrets, but just dazzle us with some chemistry. Just a general, just a general uh, idea of what I'm doing is, is I'm making what is basically a standard lacquer. It incorporates uh, uh, solvent, ethanol. Uh, it incorporates the uh, a resin. I choose the resin, uh, and it incorporates a uh, uh, a fatty product. And I choose the fatty product, and. Uh, I put this together in the, in the, in the right way, and it comes out uh, lacquer. And is it uh, totally cannabis derived, or are some of these constituents not from cannabis? Uh, it, I I have two. Di- I have several different products. Uh, one, well, basically, a, they're uh, tuned to uh, different circumstances. The all cannabis product is basically a. It's going to be for art. Okay. People who want to finish art because it's not going to be cheap. <laughs> uh, the general purpose product uh, just uses shore pine resin. And uh, it, it can be made rather cheaply. And uh, I, I hope to be actually find a niche market for this because. Uh, it's an excellent product. Uh, it just is a, a fantastic product all the way around. The uh, cannabis component that goes into all of it uh, changes the way that the lacquer performs. And uh, it, I, in my opinion, it's a superior product than what you can get off the shelves. Uh, is, it a, is it like a, a tune to an older formula before... Uh pre-prohibition of cannabis, like where people actually did use it a lot for finishes? Is it kind of like a similar old formula, or did you come up with something totally unique? Well, there's there's standard recipe for lacquers, and it it more or less follows a a standard recipe for lacquers, but uh, there's some other things that, that go into it that I've learned how to separate and, uh, that make it a viable product instead of just some sticky, <laughs> sticky gum that you rub on wood. Right. So what what I've done is 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 managed to uh, facilitate the curing process so you get a nice hard dry finish. It doesn't say like stay tacky. It it actually hardens into like a varnish. Yeah, it actually hardens into a nice finish. So that's uh that's a product that that's coming out. Uh, I got I got more questions. I can't let you move on yet because I got to know: Is this like a side uh, byproduct? Can you make it from byproducts, or is it like, well, you could do this, but if you do this to the cannabis, then you can't 
make oh no uh, i i i all of my products are based on a hundred percent usage uh so this is uh i divert something from the waste stream for this uh and uh basically i have a product for there is no waste stream from from my facility <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, Everything, is, everything's used for some The whole buffalo, of course. Yeah. Yeah, basically everything from the roots to the stalk, uh, all the fiber, the leaf material after it's spent, uh, every aspect of it has a home. And uh, established uh, products have already been produced out of these, each individual portion of the waste stream so basically what i'm I've constructed is a closed loop system for cannabis entirely uh it can be completely self-sufficient everything from basically nutrients to zero waste uh, uh put it in a good solar area it can be energy independent so it's it's a it's a concept that I've been working on for a while. Uh, the 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 lacquer is just one product of the waste stream that goes out. There's a product for every portion of the waste stream, uh, and uh, that's what I'm going to be pursuing over the next year. Uh, ASB will either will either rise up or is going to be swallowed up by the corporate tide. That's kind of hit. Oregon, and we'll just wait and see about that. But uh, the zero waste stream uh, cannabis facility is the future, and I've got the design for that. Be writing a book. I'm writing a, in the middle of writing a book right now. The book will be published early next year, and it's going to go into greater detail on uh, zero waste stream. And, is that, uh, so? That's the focus of the book. Uh, yeah, it's basically a zero waste stream uh, production, and it, it's not just necessarily cannabis specific. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been working in a lot of different industries and examined waste streams from a lot of different industries, and there's overlap. There's overlap throughout many industries, including the cannabis industry. In fact, the cannabis industry is kind of a linchpin that allows a lot of other waste streams to become viable. Is that because there are uh, constituents of cannabis that you can use to process with other waste? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Well, a really good instance, fly ash, which is a a waste stream from the coal industry. Uh Fly ash and and cannabis herds make one of the most superior hempcretes there is. Hmm. Does that have like a limestone base to it or something like that? Or what is the... Fly ash is, uh, is, is the solids left over after you burn coal, and it's, it's, a, it's an additive in concrete, mm-hmm. but the fact that I've, I worked in a concrete lab gives me some experience in how to manipulate that fly ash into something that really binds and turns hemp herds into something special. Nice. Uh, you know, a brick that, you know, maybe 10,000 years from now, some fool will pick up and go, huh, the hell is this? Right. So, you know, it's, it's there's, sky's the limit. Uh, we've been given a plant that can do 
damn near anything that humans need it to do. And it's time now for us humans to get our shit together and use it that way. So uh, what's been developing is uh, the idea behind zero, uh, well, 100% clean energy, zero waste stream cannabis production facilities. And, I mean, is that something that, because it sounds like you're putting a book out on it, so you're not, as in true gym fashion, you're not keeping the information yourself, um, but is that something that you're going to be helping facilitate uh, in a more hands-on way at all? Well, I, I, w- I, would, I would hope it de- to develop into something along that lines. Uh, I would hope that smart people would pick up the idea and run with it. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, where I'm at is, is I've got over 40 years of cannabis under my belt. Uh, I'm looking at uh, the legacy What's going to be left behind? What's this? Where's what's the direction this plant's going to take? Is it going to be a corporate tool? Is it going to be a play toy? Are we going to get products like uh, shits and giggles on the shelves? You know, uh, or is it going to be taken seriously? Is it going to be some combination of both? I kind of think it's probably going to end up a combination of both with the clown shoe aspect of marketing, finding its niche, um, and the more serious aspects of the benefit of this plant, finding an even greater niche. Uh, It's truly a gift. Uh, The fact that, you know, basically all human needs can be satisfied with one plant, from food to fiber, a large portion of the history of the world revolves around fiber. And the War of 1812 was fought over hemp. And, uh, you know, the, the fiber and, and, uh, and pulp industry is much larger and much more in control of things. They're like a quiet giant, but they're right next to oil sure. as far as pulling strings in the world. Here we have a plant that supplants that will surpass all other fibers on this planet. We have some really great ones. Jute, you know, there's some really great fibers. Nothing compares to hemp. Nothing. And so as I look forward, uh, as the purse strings tighten on the world, uh hemp is going to emerge as being a cheap source of fiber, cheaper than any other source of fiber once it's developed. Uh, So, you know, uh, taking that into account now and uh, thinking ahead to how to, you know, move into that position uh, with hemp as being the, the lead on the fiber industry, everything from fire pellets for your wood stove to the clothes you got on your back to the tampons you, that your girlfriend sends you to the store to buy, uh, everything that is fiber or absorptive or 
gosh, uh, building materials, everything. Sure. We can we can replace it all with hemp and do it in a cheaper, more efficient way. And so looking at that and then looking at how to do that without a waste stream. How do you, how do you make all these products and not have a waste stream from and, it? Well, that, that's the most intriguing part and, because if hemp's not going to, you know, we can talk about saving the planet with hemp all we want, but if we're still creating waste and mixing it with toxic products to make it viable, then it doesn't it doesn't really that, help. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and I'm taking lessons learned from marijuana, which I do make the discrimination. I don't, you know, it, for me, there is no difference between marijuana and hemp. They're all cannabis sativa. Uh, one has more resin than the other, and one has a different chemotype than the other, but they're both cannabis sativa. That said, marijuana is a convenient term for resin hemp. Right. So the lesson learned from marijuana is that <clears throat> um, large grow operations are energy intensive to the max and they have huge waste streams and that's i mean that's something that it's funny because people are sort of counterintuitively thinking that that's the more efficient way to proceed it they'll get this economy of scales uh if they go bigger uh okay but the thing is if they go bigger they get an economy of scale, they crunch numbers, and it boils down to a dollar. It doesn't boil down to the kilowatt hours and how those kilowatt hours were generated. Right. It doesn't go into how many nitrates are flowing away from that grow, how much phosphorus is flowing away from that grow. Where is it going? Is it going into the stormwater? Is it going into the waste treatment? Yeah, so it's going the, into the waste treatment. How are they disposing of it? Yeah, with the right See, planning, with the right planning, you can keep that stuff like again closely. If you if you if when you plan your facility, you take these things into account. None of them have to be issues. Now, yeah. granted, and the investment initial investment is going to go way up, and that's no doubt. But. We see players coming into the market now ready to drop $10 million without even looking. Right. So, you know, hey, you're going to drop $10 million, drop 12 and do it right. And is there, I mean, is this something that can only be applied on that large industrial scale, or can people do it in their home gardens if you're running? Oh, you no, know, people, should be been, people should be living this lifestyle. Uh, you know, people who, okay, uh, a good example, septic systems. Septic systems, when done correctly, are, can be, I should say, not are, but I should say can be, a net benefit. If they're constructed correctly and the bio biology of what's going on in those, that leach field is correct, they could be a net benefit. Uh, if you have a runoff problem, creating a small wetland on your property is a huge benefit. Uh, central, central sewage treatment, the way we do it now, is just another 
pollution stream in the environment. It's just been centralized. Mm-hmm. And can you do that sort of thing on site? Sure. Uh, all the all the technology exists already for the chemical industry and various other industries that are highly regulated, uh, and there are biological solutions to all of it. All of it. Uh, the waste stream from the grow. If you sent that out to a tiered wetland that consumed the nutrients and produced biomass for something else, so essentially you created you, a net positive out of a negative. So your your gray water from your grow, basically the the sort of wastewater from your garden, you're saying would go to a tiered wetland. Yeah, you go to a series of uh, of a, like a first would be like a wetland lagoon. The second would be more like a marshland, and then it just kind of flows out and rejoins the rejoins the uh, water table because it's air pure water. And then you you really don't have to like populate this with the biomass that's going to make it happen. Like it, life will just happen if you give it the place to grow, right? There are, there are uh, uh, selective plants that you want to use at various stages. Uh huh. Uh, constructing these are, are you know, it's, there's a science to constructing a, a, a bioremediative wetland is what that's called. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then, you know, when you talk about uh, scale of efficiency, uh, those kilowatt hours, uh, they, they're killer, they're, they, they, they're named well, kilowatt. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know from my own experience, you know, and granted, small by today's scale, huge by the scale of the time, sure. a 20K grow costs a lot of money. Small change by today's scale, right. by the scale of the time, enough money to get you a visit by the law enforcement. Sure. <laughs> so... Those kind of blips show up, okay? If you're running a huge grow, they're gonna they're gonna know where this huge dip is, and, and it's not about them knowing; it's about the strain on the grid, okay? Where I was at, I was putting a twenty thousand watt load on a pole and transformer. Are you familiar with what the REA is? Nope. Oh, Electric Association. Say that again, sorry, you cut out for a sec. Are you familiar with what the Rural Electrical Association is? Uh, they sound like the guys who get to tell you how much electricity you're allowed to use if you're not living in the city. Back in the day, they wanted farmers to have power, so they created the REA. The REA went around and strung lines and built little power plants. We had basically a little water wheel in the community I lived in that powered the REA's grid in the Triangle Lake area. Mm-hmm. My power pole and transformer were from the REA about the 1930s. I was putting a 20,000 watt load on that thing and the transformer blew up. Okay, we're putting a load on a grid that's so antiquated and outdated that, you know, uh, we're doing things that the cannabis industry in its previous incarnation before it became a 
a money-driven thing, was pretty hippy-dippy, peace, love, ecology, uh, at one with the planet, that sort of thing. Uh, and that, to a certain extent, they're lesson. still talking that way because people are talking, well, we need purity and we need, you know, we need absolutely cleanliness and, you know, and all this stuff about now they're jumping down on pesticides, which I'm for, and, you know, they get on about mold and mildew, which I'm for. Uh, but still, you know, you've got this kind of dichotomy of thought where, you know, at the consumer level, it needs to be this pure thing, but where it's grown, it's a it's a energy hog and it's a waste monster. Right. And so you definitely a thought going on within the community and there needs to be a little bit more of a cohesive thought pattern there where was this ethically produced? You know, if it's ethically produced it's automatically going to be clean. Right. So the next question is was it ethically produced? Okay, what does what does it look like downstream from wherever it was grown? Uh, do the lights flicker in that neighborhood when the lights come on? And, I, I mean, the net impact on the grid is, is so much more than even just, like, what it's stranding. Or the net impact be, goes beyond the grid to, like, what were you burning and, and consuming to grow that oil, like, if, if or to power that, the oil or the coal? Yeah, you're in Colorado. You're getting your power from coal. And that's not going to last forever, especially as more and more grows come online in more and more states. So the other, I mean, practical side, of course, power is a big one. But, uh, you know, you mentioned before having a use for every part of the plant. And that's, I think, when everyone harvests, you sit there and you, you feel really clever when you're like, oh, I can trim and then I can make hash out of this the trim. Uh, but then you sit there and you look at the fan leaf and you, you look at the stalk and then you look at the root mass and maybe you feed it to your worms. But is there something more practical that people can do on sort of like a home scale with a lot of that uh, biomass, Jim? Well, I, yeah, you know, on a home scale, take up making hobby paper and sell sheets of hobby paper. And it's really easy to make out of your stems. Just throw it in the yeah. and bend that shit up. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, easy in in one sense. I mean, it takes a shitload of stuff to make three pieces. You know, of paper. there's <laughs> like three pieces of paper. <laughs> and it takes all kinds of little cottage industries that you can use from just just your waste stream. You know, uh, I, I did it. Uh, you know, I I still do it. I make walking sticks. You know, that's what made me think of, hey, well, why not make a finish, too? Sure. And uh, and with the roots, is that, can you, I, I don't know, I've read all sorts of different things about the constituents. Well, the, root, the root is, it's, there's a lot of mythology about the root. CBD in the root, bullshit. Okay. Bullshit root. Right. Basically, what you find in the root are, they're called spermidine alkaloids. And, uh, they're not really well studied, uh, but you can do them just with a standard ABN uh, extraction technique. You can get them out of it, uh, a grip of the roots, and you can play with them and look at them and crystallize them till they're pure and do whatever else you want to do with them because it ain't illegal. But as yet, I really don't have a, a much of a use for the alkaloid itself other than, you know, if they need a standard to test for it or whatever, I could make it in pure form. Uh, 
but the roots, you know, uh, they go along with the fiber. Uh, they have a. Just chip it up. They can be fermented and used as a bokashi type for uh, fertilizer. Okay. That's a good uh, nice Put them back in the grow. We always love that. Yeah. That's really one of the best things you can do with those roots because they're the storehouse for the plant. Uh, so, and your shade leaves too. Uh, your shade leaves are a food source for the plant. So, if you want to make an effective, you know, refeed for your plants, you know, you need to like uh, re-up a sort of you know, a little calcium here and there, a little you know potassium here and there, a little wood, a little phosphorus here and there. But by and large, you know, once you get the whole thing up and running. It's largely self-sustaining, mm -hmm. and all you're doing is adding a little bit of whatever gets taken out of there as product. Whatever you lose is that. You're adding that back into your nutrient blend, and you're regrowing it. And how would you, and, how would you extract uh, from those uh, families, for instance? Would how you, would you extract what now? How would you, how would you <coughs> prepare the, from families to feed back to your brain. Oh, the family. Well, the families have their own properties of their own that are medicinal. Uh, there's some terpenes and terpenoids in the families that aren't in the buds sure. that are really valuable. Really valuable. Examples of those? Yeah, what are some examples of those? Well, the, the agilines. Oh, those are only in the fan leaves. Okay. Well, the... You find them in the buds, but I found that the families are, are uh, if you've got a strain that produces them, produces agiline, uh, you find it in larger concentrations in the families. Right. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, those are relatively valuable compounds. And now can you process in sequence where, like, you, you say remove your valuable compounds from the families, but obviously you're then still left with a bunch of biomass. Can you then use that, uh, you know, sort of make it into a fertilizer? Uh, I would I would do other things with it besides for it to just compost it. Uh -huh. uh, great cat litter. Cat litter. There you go. Tell great antibacterial, antifungal. Um, cats don't mind it at all. Uh hmm. It's just a fantastic, uh, uh, even it's just a powdered additive to your cat litter. It's great. We had this stuff, uh, BioCat, back in the day when in Holland. came from Switzerland, I think. One of the first hemp products of people who were producing you know, mass amounts. They were just yeah, so, crushed uh, pellets, little pellets crushed up. Yeah. Kind of green. It was definitely cool. Cats. Yeah, and then those pellets can go into a wood stove also. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there's really no no excuse for having any waste. And I mean, obviously, you know, if you're still black market or still underground, that's a very good for security because waste is a security breach. Well, yeah, <laughs> perfectly honest with you, that's where most of this came from. I Just mean, a need to stay under the radar he, and off the grid. I had, had another friend who took his waste and put it in black plastic bags and drove around the logging roads and threw them out the back of his truck. Which is that happens to most people. Yes. I thought that was just about as stupid a fucking thing as I ever saw in my life. <laughs> right? Sure. No, I know. So, that's, you that's, know. That's, uh, what people, that's what people, it's so funny how quickly you can get uh, 
uh, you could just spot something. Right? You'd be like driving by, and you'd be like, "What the hell is that?" Oh, that's what Little Grodin. In Oregon, you do not look. Do not look. Unless you're prepared to see bodies, <laughs> don't go there. Right. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, that's how people are found here. Is driving out back logging roads and hey, what's that? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so you know, obviously always, you're staying. You're going to stay off the grid if you're not putting taking energy from it, and if you're not producing a waste stream, you're kind of staying off the radar there. But uh, I mean, and, and 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 it's not even about the radar. It's about actually what you you, you want to be on the radar if you're doing all these things. That's kind of what I was about to say. Like if you're producing all this uh, positive stuff, uh, legal stuff. Now here's my question: Like, is it? Is it legal, for example, to put out uh, something that's derived from cannabis that has no cannabinoids in it? Does that make it well, totally okay? Well, that's where I want to push things. Uh-huh. That's where my thinking is. Is okay, you guys have cocked this up, and okay, you call it legal, but I call it regulated. And when I say regulated, I mean like I got an iron fist grabbing a hold of your throat, and you ain't gonna do shit unless I let you. And so. They got a boner about THC. Well, let's eliminate that and just market the sh- the stuff that they they themselves call waste. Right, right. You're using their own terminology against them. Right, they're making it clear that that but is waste. A, is are they going to regulate waste? Sure. They can be where to throw it away, but if you find a use for it, what are you going to do? Are they going to tell you no? You can't use that for. Uh, inedible, non-ingestible, non-topical use. Right. If it, totally if it, industrial use. They're going to tell you no. I mean, they probably will because they obviously there's plenty of vested interest in uh, keeping it from competing with everything else. But yes, but once you open the can of worms, you know you can't stuff the worms back in. <laughs> That's the truth. All right, we got We That's do have to do call it a can of worms. Right? Good. Good job. Good job with that, Adam. All right, we got to, Jim, let me pause you for a minute. We got to do some shout-outs, buddy, but uh, hang on the line. Yeah, man. Give everybody props. Oh, we sure will. Oh, we lost KTI. Who's going to switch the, the shout-outs? Uh, well, we'll just wait for him to come back. Oh, boy. Sense, no, we'll do a slow You want to start the – do it. Go. Go ahead. Uh, right out of the gate. Way to grow. Didn't see him flying around lately, but I'm sure this weekend with Fourth of July coming up, they'll be everywhere. Oh, do you know who I saw at Way to Grow? On a sign? Which one? did Jason tell you? Oh, of course. Kyle Cushman, yeah, our I buddy. Saw, saw, ask Kyle. Do you think you can get an Ask Adam? I think we can talk to Rachel. Let's do it. Yeah. Ask Adam. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the guys over there, Way to Grow, though they've got a great website set up, all sorts of. Yeah. Any kind of average questions or just, you know, even some in-depth ones. Or you can ask Kyle. <laughs> hey, KTI. Hey, KTI. Hey, KTI. Why don't you jump on the, <laughs> why don't you jump on the old wheels of plastic over here? <laughs> wheels of uh, diddles of plastic. Yeah, there we go. And, of course, right now they have the Keep It Cool sale right in time for July. Summertime. Can fans and filters up to 30% off. And don't forget, at every location, use the Adam Dunn Show code. No special, no special uh, secret, secret. I secrets. think I think all. The, I don't think there are any new. I think they bought all of them. There's none left. I think. Oh, I know, but these are new. There's no, no new ones yet. No, no new ones. ones. But just always use the ADS. Uh, Adam Dunn show. Oh yeah, and don't forget the music, of course. Yeah, of course, don't forget the music. One last round of uh, and grab your chocolate. Yeah, I, I was there today and I grabbed Tootsie Rolls in honor of the kid. 
He likes Just, the vanilla Tootsie Rolls, so I grabbed them all so he can't get them when he goes. Uh, Nick is all about Skittles now. I'm like, I have to hide them from Skittles. Those. Yeah, he got them one day. Oh, so boy. Like, oh, no. Oh, wow. And oh, Big wow. Big and some Speaking of other candies. Good grown candies. up candies. Yum, yum. Big, big no, shout out. They're not candies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Grown up. Grown up. Grown up now. Infused products. Infused uh, big, big shout out to Incredibles Edibles. Oh, and, of course, the Firecracker Bar here for 4th of July. Awesome. White chocolate. With red and blue exploding bits, which is a na- way to say Pop Rocks when I guess they're... Can't say not, that. Yeah. Nothing can't say. Killer but website also. Delicious. These guys delicious, are all their game potent. up on their websites. They got the gummies in bites now, which is a great way for them to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. them gummies are good. Yeah, yeah. no kid would even want to eat those. Nope. Because they're square. Yep, kids Compared don't like cubes. You don't want to be a square. No. No, no way. Think of any bro. cubic things. That, and, of course, Incredible Extracts, the black label, the yellow Have label. Flame. The pens. <laughs> Pens, Incredible Pens, yep. coming soon. Uh, check them out at iloveincredibles.com. Oh, there's the pens right there. They're yeah, gorgeous. The See, we knew. Boom. Go on, go on, we knew. Boom. They're gorgeous. <laughs> All right, next. Boom. Dark Horse Genetics. Oh, go to this one. Go to this one. Go to this one. Different. DHCO.co. Go to that. What? Yes. Uh, I got to change the link. I couldn't say that. Is that am I allowed to say that? What? what? Yeah, that's trademarked. You can't do that. I can't do that. Uh, of course, Dark Horse Genetics and Dark Horse Concentrates uh, putting out right now a bunch of batter we're dropping. Uh, yup. Yep. There's some pictures Ooh. of them like over there on the left. Pictures. Oh, pictures of batter. Oh, I see that live Different batter. Different kinds of batter. And now you're on Instagram looking at that. Yeah, that on I the gram. dog live batter. Went really quick. Um, but you can hit us up on Instagram. I'll let you know where it's at. And we got the new map coming really soon uh, of all the live drops, so you can get it before it's sold out. And, of course, keep it rolling. Big, big shout-out to our buddies at Build the Soil. Oh, thank you, and they got a big sale going we, on. Yes, Build the Soil is oh, doing a sale, good, good. which they never do. But they're doing it. Soil sale, 20% off all the soil that they can make to help cover shipping. Uh, wholesale customers will still get 10% off. I just ordered a whole big pallet of uh, compost from Bill to Jeremy. Nice. Bill to Jeremy. Bill to Jeremy. <laughs> Bill to Jeremy. <laughs> Bill to Jeremy. Uh, we should what have, parts did we you should get? connect. I got the leg. Yeah. yeah we, Jeremy compost. We, but Jim and Jeremy should definitely talk <laughs> because this is totally. That's gross. That's what's in the trash bags <laughs> on the side <laughs> of the road in Oregon. Yeah, no, I'm I, need, I need to contribute to. Oh, where are you going? Don't go away, KTI, because we got to move it. No, we got to move it. We'll keep it moving. Right and now. of course, big, big yeah. shout out. That's oh. where he's going. Oh, that's what he's doing. Oh. He's helping me. I see. The road is scratchy. <laughs> Do you want to? Oh, look at this. Oh, let's make some grow stones. Time for us to contribute to the grow stone. Yep. Mine's bottle's going to make better grow stones, I think. Mine has kombucha in it. That's good. Oh, that's yeah. going to grow some good pot. Good grow stone. Good grow stone. Of course, our buddies Growstone. Uh, we love that they make them with uh, recycled. 100% recycled uh, post-consumer waste material. All different sizes. The big chunky ones for the bottom of con- your container. The smaller chunks to replace perlite. Uh, they got a gnat mix to keep the gnats from coming up through your, your mix. All sorts of good stuff. Uh, and, of course, uh, we're going to bring their scientist on to battle Jeremy again it's very, very soon. They just emailed me back. So um, check them out at Growstone.com. Uh, find out a little more about the technology and uh, how they have these things really engineered, ideally, for uh, for soil. Awesome material. <coughs> and, of course, our good friends at Hydroponic Research, makers of Veg and Bloom, 
uh, the whole lineup, starting with the Veg and Bloom, the various formulas depending on your water. Uh, they'll customize it for your water hardness and pH. Uh, and once that's dialed in, it's pretty straightforward. Just scoop your, it and mix it, and it goes. And probiotics at the life yes, sir. Product. The Plus Life is going to be their probiotic. Uh, start off with that one. Then you click that. Click that. KTI. Click, click Plus click Life. It. Click, no. it. click it. Click it. Clicky. Click it. Clicky. Yeah. Clicky. There you go. Yeah, clicky. Clicky. Is that a that's how we now talk to KTI. Yes, clicky, clicky. Clicky, clicky. Clicky, clicky. Clicky, clicky. Look at the plant probiotic there, the plus life. And if you close that, KTI. It's got insurance, dude. Did you see that? It does not come with insurance. It, it is so. insurance. insurance. Click push. There we go. Push click. Push click. Yeah, and that push is their push most up. exciting thing from what they tell us. Uh, it's plant hormones. It's going to increase your sap flow. It has natural surfactant, so it's good for washing off your leaves after you apply other things. Um, and then, of course, there's also the Shine. Click the Shiny, Shine, Shiny. Shine. Shine. Shine, man. See, they have a nice website, too. Shine's, All our guys really, have Shine's guys. really their bloom booster. Uh, and that's the key to getting that veg, the bloom part of the veg and bloom. It's got uh, P and K. A little bit, <laughs> yes, sir. Launch, it, launch those plants into hard. And you can uh, find out more at hydroponic-research.com. No and you get those plants to and no bunch feed. And nobody's like, you know, 1,300, 1,500 plants with that stuff and loving it. Just like. Ease. Anyone who's running huge gardens, that's saving them like months of their life. Yes. Um, and of course, seeds here now. 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 I see some new, some new seed lines. No way. Yes, I've never seen Mephisto genetics before. Over there on the right, right under Homegrown Natural Wonders. Mephisto. Never seen it, right? Nah, they've been there. What do they got? They've been there. What do they got? Mountain Grown Medicine, what do they got? 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 Okay, we'll release. go that 7-pack. It doesn't look like they've been around that long if they got two release packs. Two new releases. What do they got? What do they oh, got? Where's the other one? Okay, go back. Secrets? Uh, oh, they got oh, secrets. Yeah, the Blue Crush. Oh, okay. Go if you want them, check out SeedsHereNow.com. One of our favorite places. Oh, Consultations. That looks new, too. That's Is that new? No. No? I guess it's I just have not. But I, they got Kim City Blues here. Deep Blue. C, oh, there you go. F two, Blue Kush, Auto Blues, Alien Triangle, Eisenberg Special. Oh man, that sounds great. Melescope. That's good. That looks like that Adam named that one. Adam, I didn't know you were working with these guys. Sour bubbling crack, sour crack. That's sour. Some green crack crosses, Supernatural OG, the White Train, Tooth Decay, Toothless Alien, the Old Triangle Kush. That Tyrone. That Walter White. That White and Bubbly. Go check them out. Seedsherenow.com. 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 That's a good one. I like that. You didn't even have to pay us on Fiverr. Oh, man. I didn't realize how silly my headphones look like this. Very silly. Is the answer. Super silly. Super silly. More silly than No Beard Adam. At least I got the glare. I got the glare. Yeah, that's so good. You never had glare before. The beard always broke up the glare. I never had glare. All right. All right. All right. We still got Jim on the line. eyes before. That was different. It's true. It's true. Now you can see his eyes. That now I recognize you. When you do that, you look like Adam. It's weird. Yeah, this that looks like Adam. It's pretty good. All right, Jim. So while we have you on the line, let's ask you some more weed science questions because no one else tells us the truth about this stuff, man. Uh, Adam, you got any weed science questions for Jim? No, you're looking at your phone. No, I'm trying to get the, the bro. Uh, okay. I'm trying to get the bro. You're, you're weed. You're weed All right, you do the weed science stuff? You are the weed nerd. I guess. I'll be weed nerdy about it. Uh, okay, so here's one for us, Jim. Uh, we recently had, or actually tomorrow, we got our buddy Frenchy Cannoli coming out here to do a seminar on old school hash making. And uh -huh. 
we got into a really cool discussion with him that was reminiscent of a discussion we had with you about how sort of the magic of the trichome and how you have these things that will in the trichome not react but when you start busting them or melting them down with a solvent or what Frenchie was saying that was very interesting is processing water hash with too cold of a, a slurry causing them to become brittle uh, that you actually cause situations where these things are reacting. Now, you had discussed it in the context of a solvent, and Adam had his really awesome metaphor of the plastic bag full of batteries and how you're kind of like you're going to have random connections if you just keep batteries in a plastic bag um, rather than keeping them arranged correctly. Um, but now the idea of it happening in bubble hash because you're breaking the trichome head because the water's too cold, that's pretty new and interesting. I'd love to get your feedback on that. Absolutely true. Uh, you get down to uh, below freezing temperatures and resin becomes brittle as all get out. And in fact, uh, resin, after it becomes brittle, and I'm sure everybody's seen this to a certain extent with like really hard shatters, how you get like after you break it, you get that little charge that makes little particles dance all over. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you get that shit in cold water, and you crack that resin ball called a trichome, same electrical charges go through everything. And those electrical charges have an effect on all those chemical bonds. So that'll even happen in sort of your hash water? Exactly, yeah. As soon as you take and you get that resin hard, it becomes like, it has like a piezoelectric mm -hmm. type effect where if you bend it real hard or you, you snap it, it gives off a charge. It gives off a static emission. Mm -hmm. It's going to give it off in the water, too. It's just going to be more localized because the water is going to absorb it locally. Sure. It's going to probably have a much larger effect on that local region, too. Interesting. So it, like, nucleates it or something in the water? What does it do? Yeah, what's it doing? What's that charge going to do? Well, it's basically it's sending uh, electrons through a region that contains acidic compounds, okay? An acidic compound is a hydrogen atom sticking out of a molecule. Mm -hmm. Okay, you start sending electrons at a positive hydrogen atom, you can knock that sucker right off. And then that's going to change... Build up enough charge. Can... You build up enough charge that the charge... Of the, of the static discharge is greater than the charge holding the hydrogen to the molecule that it's, that it's held to, the hydrogen will jump to the negative, to that pile of electrons, because it wants to be neutral. Mm. So you can have, that's just a simple, that's like, that's like the, the bare bones what if, but there's like, uh, thousands, millions, trillions of other different things that can go on when you have that happening, and it's very random, predicting what's going to happen. Very random, because you've got so many variables. Now, if that were to happen, say, like, if it were to knock a, a hydrogen off there, that could, like, change one terpene into another terpene, right? Like, that, that could potentially... Exactly. Uh-huh. And... And that static discharge can also change the chirality of a terpene. Okay, this is an awesome discussion. Let's talk about the chirality of terpenes, because that's something you usually hear discussed uh, uh, with hallucinogens. Uh, chirality is like the way that it's spinning, right? You, you explain. Yeah, the way it 
and you know and and you know they have a vibratory nature too that's one of the they they talk about that in the science of olfaction now about how you know olfaction is maybe more mitigated by the quantum vibrations of a, of the molecule itself so you know it's very easy to to when you've got everything in a solution mm-hmm. okay that water is a solvent right okay you crack the trichome open there are water there are you know polar terpenes inside of it sure they're going to escape and that's why that's why hash water smells so good when you run it really cold. That's why it smells like, yeah, it's full of terpenes. Now, when you're fact, talking about the chirality of terpenes, though, you know, I, I don't understand why other people haven't thought of this, but you know, when I make my bubble hash, I take my water and I just hydro distill the terpenes out, uh-huh. like as kind of a no-brain thing to do. Sure. So by by that, you, you're essentially. Boiling, mm-hmm. boiling off the terpenes before the water, right? You're bringing heat yeah. to it and capturing Yeah, you just run them through a distillation unit and collect the hydro distillation. I always just no drink the hash water, but that's not the same. You drink all the hash water? You drink all the hash water, yeah. It's cold and refreshing. You're working all night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah and uh, all that uh, tea, the, the basically, from the leaves, is really yeah. great for you. In fact... I don't know. I don't. They used to have what we called. It was called the Hemp Fest here in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in uh, in the Willamette Valley. Uh, the last one, I believe, was in ninety three, four ish, something like that. Maybe ninety five. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who ran them ended up getting run out of the country. It was a big long story, but at these Hemp Fests, they would serve uh, shade shade leaf tea. Mm-hmm. Where they hold it was fucking bloody hot, man. 105 degrees. Shade leaf tea, cool your ass right off. Huh. That quick. And is that because of the constituents was, of it or just because it's... That on the was, label? was that the label? Cools your ass right yeah, off? Cools your ass right off. Cools your ass right off. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. It's what they give the gold the gold miners in Africa. Huh. They get cannabis breaks and they drink cannabis tea to cool off with those... When they're down there working in those 130 degree mines, interesting. They drink that, and they served it at the hemp fest, and that's something that needs to be pursued. I ain't gonna do it because I ain't into a bottling plant. But something that needs to be pursued is just shade leaf tea. Interesting, very interesting. Uh, that's it has probably the number one waste product of cannabis. Well, yeah, here. but what, what would be the preservation of that? Because you know how shade leaves kind of like funky. It, it, it would smell really awesome for like ten minutes, and then like an hour later, you'd be like, Ugh. "Well, yeah, you do a harvest just like you do buds." But I mean, you so you dry and cure the shade leaf too. You're saying, yeah, uh-huh. and yeah, then, and, and, and you ship it off with bulk tea. You ship it off to Lipton. They brew it up and they put it in those little fancy bottles and. You go into a freaking liquor store and you buy it. That's how you do it. I get that, you. That's there how you, you go. Yeah. God, a freaking liquor. Freaking. freaking I knew there was a freaking in there. If there wasn't a freaking, it wouldn't really make sense. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I've, been, I've been out of the professional loop long enough that my language is like a sailor more than it's like a scientist. Yeah, that's Just why we science. like you on the show. That's, that's exactly why you're our guy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, that's just how it is. And some people get it. Some people don't get it. I don't give a shit whether they do or don't. I think we get it, buddy. Um, 
All right, Adam, are we are we staying with Jim? Do we have yeah, another guest in the link? Okay, no, no, with Jim's, cool. That's cool. the best part about having Jim. Jim. Yeah, well, there's always more questions. There's never an end. There's never an end. <laughs> okay, so I, let, let's go back to like, okay. So you were talking about if you crack trichomes. Oh, I want to go back to the chirality of, uh, of terpenes. So that's different. And I'm, I just was looking at some diagrams of terpenes yesterday and i don't know what i'm looking at it's little lines but they're different you know like alpha pinene and beta pinene like one of those little lines is in a different place but that's different than chirality mm-hmm. right yeah so can you have different chiralities of the same terpene like yeah a, so alpha pinene beta pinene so are, are different chiralities yeah. of pinene oh is that so they are that's the same thing they're different chiralities Okay. Yeah, there's caryophylline, there's beta caryophylline, there's alpha caryophylline. And they're all different chiralities. Okay. Beta caryophylline is a very, very potent CB2 receptor agonist. It's 15 times more potent than CBD. That's the that's what's in black pepper that supposedly makes you not high, if you are too high. Yeah, whatever. Uh, that doesn't uh, work, right, Jim? Because I tried it. Yeah, I'll it didn't tell you what, man. I, I just had a buddy. Is a husband of a friend of my wife's. He came over here. It's legal now. He, his job is a piss testing in. He wanted to dab. And he took one toke of oil and hit the floor twice. So I spent the better part of 45 minutes with a little rag of, of beta-caryophylline making him smell that shit. Because I don't like people passing out on my floor. Sure. <laughs> and you know what? Motherfucker was still high. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I don't. I don't believe that it that it it neutralizes it. No. Uh, you know what? If you want to neutralize being high, ice cream. Grab <laughs> some food. Go outside and get your head straight with the world. Yeah, that's kind of. The I mean, the world at large. Sniffing, uh, sniffing black pepper ain't gonna do the job. <clears> oh, <throat> I, I don't. Yeah, you know, maybe some cocaine, but sniffing black pepper, no. <laughs> but I don't recommend the cocaine. So now can we, going back to the different chirality of terpenes, can we, we can detect, like, uh, it smells different to us, right? Like beta-caryophylline and caryophylline. We would, would we notice those differences? Uh, just, you know, most, on most of them, yeah. On most of them, yes, you would. Uh, they, I mean, like I said, it, it has to do, you know, they're, they're looking at olfaction having a lot to do with the vibratory nature of the, of the chemical being presented to the olfactory bulb. That makes sense because I know one weird thing I came across in my research is that if you pass the same chemical to the olfactory verb, uh, verb bulb through your nose versus you know backwards through your mouth, uh, it it is different. It's perceived as mm-hmm. different. Your brain actually registers it differently because it's hitting a different well, receptor. Well, over your taste buds already. <clears throat> mm. So your taste buds are kind of. Uh, that whole system is really like uh, on a on a feedback loop with itself. Your taste scent and your scent, your olfaction and your and your taste sense are they're they feedback off each other. <clears throat> so let's take this concept to like, because so I feel like we have enough of a foundation here that I can get into like a theoretical mad weed science here. So let's say you have something that you grew <clears throat> that you extract and it's got a lot of undesirable terpenes. It smells bad. Like doesn't smell good. Can you react that to get the terpenes you want and make it smell good? Or is that like not something you can do intentionally? Nah. Nah, it's over. It's over. It's it's a a one way street. 
chuckle out and chuckle the fuck out of it till it smells good again and turn it to distillate or something like that yeah move away from move away from the stinky uh there um what you got when you've got an extract or whatever you you know that you want to smell good you want to taste good whatever it's like okay say you get um say you get a bad can of sardines they're not rotten they just don't taste that great Mm. uh because say there's a little bit of a metallic flavor to them like maybe iron Mm. now you don't go saying well is there something i can pour on these sardines that'll react with that iron you just get a new can of sardines you got to throw the sardines out and start over Right. And got to start looking at cannabis that way too. Uh, well, yeah, once I mean, it's, it's, it's becoming plentiful enough that hey, you know, if you got something that's crap, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's get rid of it. it. It's an economic disaster to to sell crap. So better to just throw it away and take the economic hit of throwing away crap. Well, but in, kind of in keeping with the theme of uh, no waste stream, right? Like, there's got to be. It's not just garbage. It may be... Oh, no, when I say so, say you got a bad extraction. Put that in a topical type of thing? There's my, there's my market for... No. Oh, no, if, you, if you're not going to smoke it, you're going to rub it on you? Maybe, if it just smells bad or tastes bad. <laughs> sure. It, well, yeah, what's making it smell bad? What's making it taste bad? Do you know? Nope. No. Do you want it on you? Uh, I'd rather have it on me than in me, but I see your point. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, that's where, that's where I step up and say, "Hey, I got a home for your shit." Uh, so is that is that like uh, I mean, distillate? You can clean it up and make distillate out of it, right? Yeah, you get back five percent. Uh, you know what I think about distillate? Garbage in, garbage out. Really? Even though you're theoretically, I mean, dude, man, what when I do a distillation, the stuff I put in there is so fucking pristine. It is so fucking pristine. I posted some on the what's his, the what's old Summit dude's what's his name Elliot. Yeah, yeah. And he posted up some fancy. He's got some fancy ass fucking filter shit and this and some supposedly some bougie charcoal. And you know what? Uh, the stuff that I put <laughs> that that I clean up to put in my edibles looks cleaner than the stuff that he's cleaning up to make his clear out of. Now, I'll tell you what. Garbage in, garbage out. You want something good out the end of a distillation, you put something good at the beginning of the distillation. So, but it's not but just a matter of... Don't you think it's going to of... kill it? Don't you think it's going to kill something that's good, though? I mean... Like, take separate something that's already well, awesome? Yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, it's like you have something that's awesome, and then you pull it through all that, and you're not going to get better. You're, you might isolate one thing that you think is awesome about it, but I think for the most part you lose all of the original fucking reason why that thing was good to begin with. You know. Well, uh, you know, my opinion of the clear is that it's 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 marinol. Yeah, it's very yeah, much marinol. Sure. Yeah, it's strong. It's weird. It's like a, it's a delayed reaction, strong, and not necessarily what you're looking for at any given moment. It's not recreational. Uh, uh, really, uh, it, it's it's much more a pharmaceutical product than it is a, what I would call a cannabis product. Sure. sure. And I mean, I mean, when you're 
getting it down to, to the 90 percentile range on on any one component, right. you're you're playing the pharmaceutical game. You're not playing the cannabis game. Sure. So you know it, it goes that. But back to that that crappy extract you're talking about. Sure. Maybe you could fill out. Maybe this, that. Maybe the what, whatever. I've got a home for it. I've got a use for it. That doesn't involve fucking putting that shit in their bodies. Uh, You know, there's no reason why at this point there should be any compromise in quality. It's legal now, guys. I mean, I mean, if back in the day I threw moldy butt away. When it cost me a fucking a light bill or whatever, and you could have still sold it. How days? All with the big warehouse and can throw shit away. Yeah. If you haven't got the bank account to to absorb a loss here and there, you best think ahead and get one. Yeah, no, it's because uh, the days of 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 being able to pass off second rate shit is over. And so, if you have got a bad extraction, you're better off getting rid of that than then to rack your brain to try to figure out how to quote-unquote save it. Sure. Because even if you get clear out of it that doesn't stink, you don't know that you haven't carried some other property over that is part of what you didn't like about the other, the beginning so, original material. Would you propose you sort of a more, more industrial use for it? Exactly. I mean, industrial industrial use is the next big market. It's the next huge market. It's going to be huger than recreational. Well, yeah, absolutely. More. Pe- I was saying it the other day, more people need houses than like to get it's high. It's that people get on board with the idea that, yeah, well, this is crap, but there's a guy who could make something out of it and he'll buy it. Then it's not so. Then it's not a total loss. Right. Then people will swallow that loss a little easier. So that's what my goal is with the zero-waste stream concept it also creates a whole grip of ancillary business so while we're doing uh random kind of science stuff a term that i've seen uh discussed thrown around conceptually is the idea of the the fats in the cannabis going rancid is that something mm-hmm. can we talk about how that can happen what the implications of that are does that have when that can happen uh, well, when you pull a nice fatty nonpolar extraction, like a BHO extraction, yeah, uh, looking at that 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 glob of wax sitting there, uh, you know, it's made up of a lot of different things. There's some paraffin compounds. There's fatty alcohols. And there's fatty acids. There's some sterols. Um, all those things oxidize. They sit around in the air, they're going to oxidize. Mm-hmm. That's what acidity is, is these fatty acids and alcohols becoming oxidized. Oxidized fatty acids and alcohols are toxic. Like, uh, when you're saying do- toxic, you mean like actually poisonous? Actually, like physically, they're they're toxic. They're outright toxic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a, it's not like one of those things. that's like, let's debate it about like paraffin or uh, whatever. Yeah. No, 
you oxidize fatty alcohols and fatty acids, you create <coughs> noxious compounds. Uh, if you look under surgical ablation, mm -hmm. uh, surgical ablations where during surgery they take a cautery tool and they burn tissue. The, what the dangers of for the surgeon from breathing those fumes are huge. Sure. They're yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. All that is is oxidized fatty acids and alcohols. Mm -hmm. mm, yummy. That's all it is. They're, it goes in, the heat occurs, it reacts with the oxygen in the air and vaporizes and you breathe it in and it's bad. And so when when you're doing an extraction, right, that's not going to happen if you're doing everything at cryo temperatures, or can it still happen then? Well, not immediately. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, the rancid rancidity takes time. I mean, uh, take, and, take some canola oil and leave it out. Now, is this the sort of thing that can happen in processing? Let's say you're heating it and whipping it into a, a batter or something like that. Yeah, see, when you, once you start doing things to help it, uh -huh. dies, then you increase that. So is there any way to control it so you, you can kind of manipulate the texture without risking or in some way preventing the degradation? Yeah, a few things that are inert atmospheres, things like that. Uh -huh. But then, you know, as soon as you vaporize it, what happens? Well, sure, it's, it's almost definitely going to happen on the nail. I believe that, yeah. So, you know, uh, the the whole concept of, of rancidity is like, it goes back to, are you willing to accept fatty acids and alcohols and sterols and some paraffins in your extract? Now, if you're, would this still be the issue uh, if it was a dewaxed extract? Are you still going to have residual? It, it depends on how it's dewaxed. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're just going for a, a cryo crash and yeah. a filter, yeah, uh, <clears throat> single solvent, probably not going to eliminate everything. Uh -huh. uh, you do a second solvent, light alcohol winterization, you're going to get the bulk of it as long as you let everything truly like precipitate. I mean, you don't do a rush order. But you're also going to lose a lot of terpenes and everything else in this second solvent. Oh, yeah, you can. You, you lose some of the lighter uh, terpenes. Some of the more nonpolar terpenes will link up with the fats and waxes. You know how it goes. I mean, uh, uh, polar with polar, nonpolar with nonpolar. Right. So if you got a really nonpolar terpene, it may cling to those waxes. Uh, and, you know, yeah, the, you, you do lose some. You do lose some of the characteristics when you do a second solvent. Uh, but then, you know, uh, th there are solutions to that, too. I mean, uh, and it, you don't have to, and, uh, I, at the risk of alienating some people that I really respect. No, do that. That's, what, that's what we do. Go that's ahead. pretty much. We Go do ahead. that at least do once not have. You don't have to smoke terpenes. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. You could. We talked about this. I think even back when we first had you on, you can sniff the terpenes while you're smoking. You can even most terpenes can be absorbed through the skin, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, if you have like a, um, 
a carb cap with a uh, little a wick. Mm-hmm. And, you da- and you damp the wick with your terpenes, and then you pull pull through your carb cap. Yeah, you use way less terpenes, and you get the same effect. Sure, or you can add the you know the, the classic so you can one. Smoke swaggy stuff. And the classic one is to to put. Little, little <laughs> you can put a drop of terps in your in your water too, and you know kind of do it oh, yeah. post post heat. You know, so you're not worried about pulling those terps over the hot nail, and that worked. We still we have to do it on the show, but like you, you smoke bubba and you put a drop of like it doesn't even have to be terps from cannabis. You put like lemon. Mm-hmm. essential oil in the water and like oh yeah it's really uh, you know, speedy have... man like really really speedy yeah there's a you know uh putting stuff in your bong waters is is ancient ancient it's ancient technique jim uh, it's it's sumerian bro <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a good little thing for us to talk about can you recommend cool stuff to put in your bong water yeah, well, it depends. Okay, if, you, if you're sick, put a tiny bit of eucalyptol in there. Uh-huh. And is that going to synergize with the cannabinoids, or is it just the intentional uh, taking on the eucalyptol? You're coughing and hacking. You need a bong hit. You need, you, need, you need relief from the cannabinoids, but it's tearing your lungs up to get them in. Yeah. And you don't like edibles? Put a drop of eucalyptol in your bong water a little bit. Not very much, because yeah. it's biphasic. A little bit's good, too much is not good. Do the, does, we'll do the opposite, yeah? So you just put a tiny bit in there. You can buy menthol. Throw a little menthol in there with it. <clears throat> yeah, that's practical stuff. What about fun stuff? That's en- enough with the practical. Uh, fun stuff? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, back in the day, we had bongs that carbureted with with nitrous oxide adam had I did, I did tell him tell him about it my 57 chevy this nitrous oxide assisted bong you know wait 57 chevy i never heard that i know i knew about the nitrous assisted bong yeah, it was plastic it was a total disaster as far as like you know eco wise but <laughs> took a uh, 57 chevy model uh bel-air uh Piece and and then made my own. I went to went at metal shop, like made out a little uh, engine block that had a like a screw in a thirty one, you know, whatever it was, five thirty second or whatever, and then screwed that bitch in there, and then had two valves that went into it, and I could turn off the valve to the bowl, and then turn on the valve to the nitrous, and then you hit the bowl, turn the valve, hit the nitrous, and completely squash it into your lungs, and. Uh, but it was all plastic and like <laughs> terrible. If I think about it, it was like all the every. every In every, retrospect, <laughs> it was a terrible every, idea. Every but. seam was like glue, just gooping out of it. And, you know, aluminum. I had like five different you know, brass, aluminum, uh, plastic, kind of <laughs> everything in the, in the, uh, under the sun. But the idea was sound. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that's cool. But is there like a? Can we have? Can we add other essential uh, oils to our bong water to to to? to well, you know, uh, if you like linalool, put a drop of lavender in there. And I that, mean, it, it's a it's a huge it's, lavender oil is like uh, it's an amazingly bitching thing to do, man. I mean, it, uh, the linalool in it alone, it, it out of a hundred and some odd stress responses, it kills over a hundred of them. 
and, uh, and you know it's got other really good sweet smelling terpenes in it and it's already well known for if you breathe lavender oil it's going to make you calm sure you know uh so when when uh can you give an example of like obviously we don't really have the the fine articulated language on ways of being high uh but like Linalool gives you not necessarily the couch locky sort of high, but more the the chilled out vibing high. Is that is that roughly accurate? Roughly. You know, it's a, it's a it's lack of stress. Sure. You know, it's that uh, for me, it just is a clear headed space uh, where you know you kind of you know you kind of got a little back wrap going on in the back of your head all the time. Mm-hmm. Kind of puts a little chill on that. And um, some of the other ones you could throw in there, obviously beta-caryophylline seems like something that won't make you not high anymore. Uh, limonene definitely is bracing and stimulant, I found that, which is weird because OG Kush is supposed to be a high limonene strain, but I don't find that it's particularly stimulant. Well, you know, the way things act on their own and the way they act in concert uh-huh. are completely separate entities. Uh, that's one of the things about cannabis that makes it what it is. I mean, it's a synergistic action. Uh, and it's not just cannabinoids and terpenes. It's the flavonoids when you eat it. Uh, there's, you know, there's uh, uh, so much to the plant that when you're taking in this cocktail of hundreds of different substances, they and they're all so similar. They all have this synergistic effect, and you know, uh, especially with terpenes. Terpenes will take on different aromas with what terpenes they're mixed with. That's how you can get like the smell of kind of a grassy smell out of beta caryophylline, mm-hmm. or kind of a black pepper smell out of beta caryophylline. It depends on what terpenes they're adjacent to, what, ter- what terpenes they're they're interacting with, <clears throat> and also the concentration that your act your your olfactory bulb is getting those terpenes in, because what beta caryophylline smells like it say these are theoretical numbers or sure. off my ass numbers whatever. What beta caryophylline smells like at five nanograms is likely hugely different than what it smells like at twenty nanograms right. as it passes across your olfactory bulb. So it's bulb. not just a matter of intensity, but actually like a difference. perceptual difference. Yeah, it's actually a perceptual difference because the vibration of a vibratory interaction of 20 nanograms of beta-caryophylline molecules is likely different than the vibratory action of the number of molecules in 5 nanograms. Interesting. That makes sense. I mean, there's more energy there. And you, you get what you, you know, uh, you're familiar. You're on a radio, so you must know about heterodyning. Uh, you know, we're a waveform uh, uh multiple waveforms will sync up and create one large 
waveform. I was actually just thinking about that to, uh, yesterday on something completely irrelevant, and we're only on the internet, so we don't have to know that stuff. Um, but yes, I, I am familiar with how uh, uh, I feel like in like high school physics they called it beats where like multiple waveforms interact and peak at the same point and it causes like a super waveform is that what you're talking about that's what i'm talking about and what is missing from cannabis chemistry is looking at things from okay classical chemistry there is a very strong electrochemical component and Mark will verify this with you. You know, he you know he knows about this. Uh, electrochemistry is kind of the root of chemistry. Mm-hmm. But electrical field chemistry is not. Okay? We understand about what the charge is at that point on the molecule. Mm-hmm. We don't understand what that, field is that all these different charges on that molecule create Mm -hmm. and that field that is it's not like high and far out it's not like you know this old hippie spouting stuff you know about vibes or whatever right uh this is i gotta be honest jim it does sound like there's a lot of talk about vibrations here uh, so. Yeah, well, you know, when I mean vibe, I mean like uh, in in the sense of let's go festival together. Sure. <laughs> uh, what I'm talking about here is like an actual measurable electrical field that is created by the charges of the atoms that create a molecule. That is a very poorly understood field. In chemistry in general, not just for chemistry. In chemistry, just in physics, chemistry, just in general. Right. And how those fields interact uh, is going to play heavily into understanding a little bit better how cannabinoids actually work uh, together and, you know, by themselves with the human body. Hmm. Uh like I was saying earlier, beta-caryophyllase is a much more potent receptor agonist at CB2 than CBD. Uh, it, it gloms on to the, the, it's called the hydrophobic moiety. It's the portion of the receptor that is really like nonpolar. Mm. And beta-caryophyllase really latches onto it and holds on tight. And it fully activates that receptor. Uh, CBD does the same thing, but CBD seems to have all the medicinal effects at one-fifteenth the receptor binding strength. So what are we looking at here? Are are we fully understanding uh, the fact that the charge at the beta-caryophylline is more uh, of a, a differential so it gloms onto the receptor real tight and it activates that receptor, but doesn't activate it in a way that causes a medicinal effect. You know, uh, so we're looking at these charge clouds because you've got all these different effects that are hard to attribute to just chemistry. Mm. Okay, uh, if it was just chemistry, we'd be able to figure out why Marinol by itself. You know, we'd know, we'd know what to add to Marinol to make it work. 
Right. Uh, you know, basically what we know to, what we know to add to Marinol to make it work is cannabis. You have the whole thing, right? There you go. Full circle. Yeah, the whole thing. And until we really understand these 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 electrical electrochemical fields that uh, interact, uh, man, they uh, mathematics way over my head. Uh, the chemistry, I can I can glimpse. You know, it's like I can glimpse it. I can almost touch it, but it ain't gonna be me. <laughs> Sure. You know, uh, that's what it's going to take to really understand, okay, why linalool does this here? Why does it do that there? Why does limonene over here do this and over here? You know, I've got these two samples. One smells like a skunk's ass, and the other one smells like tangerines. You know, both of them have almost the same amount of limonene. What's going on? Right. Yeah, that's how well... Damn, I was hoping you could answer that. <laughs> so here's another oh, one I hope you can definitely the answer. That came up to with me. is that oh. these electrochemical fields are interacting and changing the way they present to your receptors. So when these fields react, they're not presenting the same field to the receptor that it's used to, that the single molecule does. And it creates a separate effect. So I'm going to shift gears completely because I just stumbled upon uh, something I was looking for before. There's an article I came across earlier this week, and I was like, oh, man, i got to ask Jim this. And I didn't, but now I have you on the phone. So this article was posted that CBD may convert to THC in the stomach. Uh, it's reference, referencing the Journal of Forensic Toxicology in 2007, uh, a figure in this paper, conversion of CBD to Delta-9 THC and related cannabinoids in artificial gastric juice. Uh, but apparently that from CBD, from uh, uh, reacting it to gastric juice, they get Delta-9 THC, CBN, and two metabolites, uh, one of which is apparently 25% Estonia is Delta-9. Um, that's really interesting to me. I, I kind of heard that. as I always kind of remember, like, say, oh, well, it's going to convert after it gets in your stomach, bro. That was that was a technical term I heard. Yeah, that's that was pretty the, technical. The high technical. Well, term. if you look at, at how you isomerize cannabis oil, yeah, uh, it's not that different. You have cannabis oil in a in a solution, and you add a strong acid. And you can so you can reflux CBD into THC just like that because CBD is really cheap now. No, you can take C you can take pure C B D and and re, and and isomerize it with an acid yeah. and put it into delta nine THC. How do people not know this? Like how are people not doing that? Uh, oh, because that the green book that tells you just how to do it has been out for a long damn time, man. I was think I was maybe sixteen when I first read that son of a bitch. You're talking about cannabis alchemy? Yeah. Drake Camp? That's Martin Gold, I want to say. Is that uh, the guy's name? Adam Gold? Uh, I, think, I think that's who it is. Gold. Uh, I'll, I'll pull Adam it up, Gold. you guys. I'll pull it up. Hold on, hold on. It's, oh, it's down in my library downstairs. Yeah, uh, D Gold. I there mean, that isomerization technique has been real and and out forever. And, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand what what's up with that other than... 
you know, uh, I'll go on a speculative outing, unlike me, right? Uh, what I've seen is is that much of the 70s is being being rewritten or overwritten or forgotten. <laughs> sure. Or re- rediscovering uh, the same thing and thinking it's well, new. Well, yeah, I remember. We were just looking here at Dr. Atomic, and I remember reading those Yeah, comics. Dr. Atomic is like... It's pretty on point. looks a little before the D. Gold book, yeah? It's pretty on or point after. as far as like he... Oh, they yeah. definitely like laid it out. There's the full... I have the full full size, Adam. Full you size. Want the full? full Boom. I have the actual book. You do have it? Yeah, I have a bunch. Yeah, so Dr. Atomic is awesome with the Arkham cartoons in here. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's having a hash sandwich over here. Yeah, nothing better than a hashish sandwich, he says. That's good. Okay, this the new cannabis they want, it has got like a real clean-cut corporate face. Mm-hmm. They really like pretty young girls to represent the new cannabis. They sure do. As they should. They really like that. I mean, I eat it over and over again. And, uh, and I just, yesterday was a very interesting day because I just had a conversation with a producer for Mm A&E and what he wanted to do was he wanted to do a show on, on applied synergy about the positive aspects of legalization. And I had to really make it clear to him that he was really barking up the wrong goddamn tree there. (laughs) And I, I asked him, I go, well, who's who's paying for this? I mean, who, where are you getting your funding? And he go, I'm not at liberty to talk about that. And I'm going, well, you know, it's just, you're just strictly only going to look at the goody, 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 party time excellent, and you're not going to look at anything negative that might be going on. He goes, no, we're going to leave that for 60 minutes. And I said, so basically you want to do a fluff piece. Uh, Well, I don't do fluff pieces, and so thank you for your time. I'm not the guy you're looking for. I'm not the girl you're looking for, basically, is what I told him. And, you know, this is what I see a lot. I see it being manipulated here in Oregon where we just got a really shitty law shoved up our ass. Oh, man, it's a really shitty law. It's a law that don't even make it legal all over the state of the whole eastern eastern side of Oregon they're talking about calling it western Idaho because they ain't going to let pot be legal there ever if they have their say right and east so of the we, ca- it's the big shit right east of the Cascades is the best and, place and in Oregon for legal. pot it ain't legal I mean they've got it so locked down so tight that uh, uh, you got to pay Twelve hundred dollars for a study whether or not your well on your own property can grow cannabis to test the water quality. No, no, it's not about anything. They don't test shit. Oh. <laughs> it's just it's just a way to extract money. And they've got it. I mean, they've got it. It's, it's, we thought it's you a, were the extraction specialist. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. You know what? We're all amateurs when it comes to dealing with government. Government. Yeah, that's a different kind of green to extract. So I'm looking they, at the old, old Doctor Atomic here, and I'm just seeing right here. It's time to isomerize cannabidiol into THC. And then, yeah. And then here's something that I don't think we talk about, and convert that's, the THC into an isomer of itself, which is far more potent. What's that part? Because he's talking about rotation 
Which seems to maybe involve chirality. Well, that's the funny part, too, is that back in the day, uh, that was the whole... They would probably make an acetate. Difference between oh, being talking a about master guy and... Low-rotating and high-rotating THC. Yeah, rotation. That's way over my head, Jim. Tell me what, the, Tell what I'm looking at here. Uh, Delta 3 versus Delta 9. Uh-huh. Tell me about Delta 3, because we don't talk about that. Delta 3 is just another mildly psychoactive THC. Similar to Delta Eight, or De Delta Eight, Delta Six, and the nomenclature goes back and forth on those. So I'm going to pull this up, and he says, "Dude, rotation refers to the indicated double molecular bond and its position on the left-hand carbon ring. In cannabidiol and THC, low rotation, it is in the lower position. After isomerization, it has moved to a higher position. Isomerization, again, not something we talk about a, a lot." Um, nowadays, why don't we talk about it? Do you think, Adam? Any thoughts? My thoughts. Well, I, I mean, that was basically the the part that was beyond all of us when we actually read all those books. We're like, woo, and now they're gonna isomerize it. Like, You're like, I don't know what that is. I don't even know what isomerize means. But um, also, they, you know, it, it's, I like how they simplified it pretty much. And I love how it's like literally Mad Magazine of hash. When it comes to like the way they show how everything's drawn and see through and stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, back in the day, we used to get sh sh fucking sh just dirt swag. I mean, Mexican shade leaves, and we'd put them through the isomerizer and get out decent oil. So he's talking about, and I'm just going to read it here, Jim, and, and you you jump in. Well, actually, I'll jump out and say when I don't when it's over my head. So he says you want to dissolve your purified cannabis extract, and he made the cannabis extract by refluxing it, which uh, apparently is giving him like a golden honey oil, in an absolute ethanol or pure methanol. Okay, so you're dissolving, you're doing what kind of seems like we're going to do a de-wax and winterize, uh, in the ratio of one gram of extract to 10 grams of solvent. There must be no water in the solution, as the next step is the addition of one drop of 100% sulfuric acid per mm -hmm. gram of extract. That makes it red or what? Yeah, what is that? Why, why are we putting sulfuric acid in this? That's the catalyst that causes the isomerization. Okay. You're adding a bunch of hydrogens to the, to the mix. And you add a free ionic hydrogen to the mix, and it gets in there, and it starts bumping things around, and it takes things to... The most, uh, the, the form that is most conforming to the energy that you put into that reaction, which is THC. Mm -hmm. That was way over my head. But. So basically, okay, basically you've got different energies, and when you go to isomerize it, all these different compounds under these conditions, under boiling ethanol or methanol with this, this molar concentration of hydrogen ions in it, this is the result you'll get. And so, because the energy that you're putting into it, that's the, 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 the change, the amount of change that can occur with that energy that you're putting into it, it takes these forms and turns them into THC. So I'm going to... Because well, they're all like very close to THC anyway, so making them into THC is like not a, not a real 
big chemical act. Okay. Basically, just a minor rearrangement. Maybe a couple things fall off. Maybe a couple hydrogens go on. But you're not talking about like a huge chemical reaction thing. It was just minor rearrangement here because everything is very closely related. All these cannabinoids are they're very closely related. And, you know, um, so, yeah, that's basically you're creating the isomer that fits the energy and the chemical pro and the chemical environment that it's in. And I'm going to look up a dummy definition of isomer. Oh, isomer means that it has the same, okay, you know how you write it out, C6H12O11? Sure. Okay. An isomer has that same formula. It's just arranged differently. It just looks, it's all in a different shape. Gotcha. So now, once you reflux it, you, I guess you put it in the refluxer for two hours, he says here, then you got to get all the acid off of this with another reaction. This is like real chemistry, it looks like. Uh, and then it's kind of chemistry. It's, it's, it's really simple, really. I mean, you, you basically, you, once your reaction's over, after two hours, you neutralize the acid with some sodium carbonate. Uh, the liquid layers separate. You separate off the liquid. You rinse the oil a few times to make sure you've got all the acid out of it. Rinse it a little bit with carbonate and then with clean water. You do this in a separatory funnel, comes off, and then your oil is basically a, high, a very high THC content oil. Does it look different than hash oil, or is it is it physically different? Uh, red oil. It's just a just a red oil. It's a redder. Oh, that's the red oil that the, the quote unquote red oil from India. And is that the same as THC acetate, or is that something different? No, THC acetate. You take that oil, the red oil, react it with acetic anhydride. And then you get THC acetate. So you need to take that is much more real chemistry than than the isomerization process. And I mean the isomerization process, they sold you a machine called the ISO two. Mm-hmm. That's what you did with it. And now making THC acetate, that's all. That's a whole other process. Yeah, that's a whole different process, and there was nothing over the counter to do that. Although at Springfield Scientific, the people that made the honeybee, are you familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. The, the, they were for a while selling, uh, oh, charcoal, Buchner filter, um, uh, quantities of acetic anhydride so you can make your own acetate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a kit. But you had to know, and then you had to go in and ask for the kit. Ooh, the uh, kit. Give me the kit. But, yeah, you know, but then again, THC acetates like Marinol on steroids. <laughs> oh, really? So it's not it's not like super dabs? It's like super Marinol, which is super average, basically? It's super clear, bro. Super, super clear. clear. Super clear? Super clear, yep. Which is really like just super no flavor and super dirty. Have, have you had it, Adam? Clear? No, no, THC acetate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? And it's not, it, it just, it's just like... It's, it's not so nice. I mean, chemically, is it any different than crystalline THC? I'm, I guess that's what yeah, I... Yeah, it's, it's acetic, it's acetyl THC. Okay, so it's so vinegar it, THC is kind of what you're saying? No, not vinegar, it's acetyl. Okay. Oh, acetyl's in it's, like butter, right? Diacetyl? Okay. The analogy would be morphine versus heroin. Oh, 
Oh, so it's weed crack. It's real weed crack. Yeah. Okay. It's weed junk. How come? How come that no one's why, making why that? Yet? Yeah. How come that's not getting made and sold to all the dab kids? Children to children. turn them into greater junkies for their because, dabs. Because some of us who know how to do it have ethics. That can't be all of you who know how to do it, though. No, no. But you know, uh, some of us who know how to do it have enough ethics not to teach other people. Fair enough. So uh, clearly, uh, you don't you don't think everyone should be messing around with acetate. But where are you at on isomerization? Is that something that we should be doing? I, I mean, is there a reason we're not doing it? If you if you've got if you need THC, yeah, that's a way to get it. I mean, I mean we have got, THC, but we can yeah, always use more. I feel like. See, we've got all these techniques there's all these there's see <clears throat> so many people have made their fucking way by uh, with a tech sure right you know they've got their tech their tech over here their and that, tech over there and that's what makes them special and you know what if, if this was a real industry <laughs> without without uh, instagram they have no tech yeah <laughs> yeah you know all this stuff would be just uh, would be called industry standard. Right. Yeah, and that's that's you know? something we go back to all the time because there would just be a standard base of knowledge. People wouldn't, have, no one would uniquely have figured this stuff out because everyone would kind of be like you and know. Though I because feel because of the way the industry arose, everybody had to keep their little their little <clears throat> lucky charms. You know, nobody's gonna steal my lucky charms. You know, and and that's one of the reasons I I freely talk. You know, there's I've got a couple lucky charms that I've given up, but by and large, you know, this stuff has been around my whole damn life, and uh, these people playing like all this stuff is new. No, it isn't new. New to you? It's new to them. New is that you can do it and tell people. It's very it's very parallel to the glass industry also, which is you know new kids coming in on stuff that's you know. Thousands, thousands of years. Yeah, ago. they were doing this in Venice seven hundred years exactly. ago. <laughs> exactly. No way, dude. That's Millie, bro. You think about Romans doing using nano gold in their goblets to detect poison. Right. I mean, yeah, we we're advanced, right? As long as we keep I mean, forgetting stuff, we can keep learning stuff. That's I think. Pull out and detect if your if your wine is fucking poison or not. And how would it do? How would oh. that, how would it in, indicate color or? Yeah, by color. Mm. As we because need that. Through yeah. the through the the poisons of the of the time into wine, it would it wouldn't react. It reacts react that the same way. Dude, what if we made something? What if we figured out something to put in bongs that would make your bong water change color if there's pesticides or something? In Ooh, that would be cool. Pest alert. Yeah, pest alert. Exactly. That would be really cool. Well, think about that. Is it's already too late. Sure, you're already breathing it. Yeah, 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 I got that much. <laughs> but at least you would take only one hit, right? So what about you? Say say you've got a, a container you can put it in that's got a, oh, you know, they got all that sniffer technology. They got that little CDX machine. Yeah, that I thing's a piece of crap, man. Uh, I'll, I yeah, can send you the one we've been playing with. It, it, it thinks everything's Blue Dream uh, with radically different constituents, no matter what you put in there. <laughs> Yeah, see, well, what you got to do is you got to, you got to, like, you create your own 
database, your own material. And yeah, I'm getting ready. Uh, I've got I've got mine tuned to read consistently. It'll read mm. consistently. If I give it a different strain. It'll read a different strain. Uh, but the thing of it is, is that it's not close enough to HPLC to be useful other than as a uh, qualitative novelty, tool, a not a quantic tool. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, they've got that sniffer technology. You have that on the lid to your container, and if you've got pesticides in your cannabis, it'll show up. Sure. And that's, that's doable cool. today. Let's do it. You can do that today. The AD sniffer. Sniff. Yeah. AD sniff. Yeah. Sniff a truck. You can do 5, that. I mean, like, it could be done. <clears throat> a person with the money to throw at it, I mean, the technology is relatively. I'll, I'll throw my beardless face onto your product. Yeah, the the beardless Adam is like a terrible spokesman, but you got it. Yeah, you can have my, my beardless <laughs> face all over your product. Perfect. <laughs> so. I want to go back to the isomerization thing because my favorite thing to talk to Jim about is how to do get around the laws by using science. So theoretically, like people, I was just talking to someone yesterday who's like, wait, you can buy and sell CBD across state lines, and indeed there are people who will ship you CBD across state lines, and it's not problems. But then once it's there, obviously it would be illegal, but very, very easy to turn that CBD into THC by isomerizing it. Is Am I getting that right? Yeah, and then you then you send off to Blue River and you get to whatever or, or whatever extract company you like the best, and you get yourself your cannabis terpenes. And you, sure. Because there you go, bro. You got your strain. But you're gonna lose. You, you will lose your your terpenes when you isomerize, right? Like then that's not gonna come through. But then you, that's that's a pretty harsh process. Well, actually, yeah. let me correct that. You're not gonna lose them so much as they're gonna turn into THC, right? No, the terpenes don't, only the okay. cannabinoids. Only the cannabinoids, okay. Only the primary cannabinoids. Okay. Only like your main, your five main cannabinoids uh, are going to be isomerized into THC. I mean, they have, to be, they have to be really close to THC to be able to be gently shuffled into that molecule. Okay. So, you know, you're, we're talking about your, largely your five main cannabinoids you get rotated and isomerized into THC. And but like I said, cannabidiol, yes. You could buy a gram of cannabidiol and isomerize it and have very nearly a gram of THC oil when you're done. Hey, can, let me ask you something. Have you, have you ever heard of the term um, stereoisomerization? Stereoisomerization, I like yeah, that. Because that sounds like it has to do with chirality, but it could be wrong. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? Yes. Isomers are uh, okay, uh, stereoisomer, an example, is dextroamphetamine and levoamphetamine. I knew, it was on, I knew it was on a different subject, of course. Yeah, this was definitely going to go to amphetamines. I could tell. <laughs> <Go> okay, <laughs> well, see, I'm only using it because I, if I said uh, dextrolevisimol or levolevisimol, mm-hmm. Would not Is be so exciting. Get, Less exciting. Is that going to get anybody's attention? Wait, no. so now I might be confused because I thought chirality was exactly this, that like the dextro, the one that goes to the right or the left, that's the, that's what dextro indicates, right? That idea? Yeah, yeah, but then there's also, there's also, you know, there's also different nomenclature where you've got alpha and beta chirality, which is, you know, okay, you got a, a portion of a molecule that sits up on the top of it, mm. and the tail twists. Okay, 
And that's what the difference between alpha and beta pinene, obviously, right? Like that's the tail twister. Uh, I I would have to look at the molecule. I, I don't have it in front of me, but sure. yeah, in general, that fits. Okay. So stereoisomerization. Oh. It says the atoms are arranged differently about a chiral center. Okay. What that is is stereoisomerization is is that if you put a mirror next to that molecule. Uh huh. That's what it is. It spins the exact mirror image way. And now, and now, is there is there any? Because I I knew a, I knew a chemist like everybody knows a chemist. I knew a chemist back in the day, and that was his big claim to fame is that he could pull that off. And, and he could to cannabis no. or to other things. No, I will plead the fifth. Other things, other stuff. Yeah, he could pure dextro. I don't know. He yeah. would, I don't. Know, he could just. He could pull off a stereo isomerization or whatever, and I was always like, "Okay, whatever, bro." <laughs> but it was. But he was like, "No, you don't understand how hard that is." I'm sure with the the type of equipment that I was helping him move, the time that I was helping him move, probably was pretty hard to do. It was definitely not, you know, in a, in a uh, not standard basement lab shit in a lab. No, yeah, yeah. He had. He had <laughs> it was one of those deals where he didn't tell me he was moving a lab and. I showed up and had to move it. And I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. "This is a little bit more difficult than I thought." And more, there's more. Yeah, there's more. And I was like, "One of those deals." Just kept coming out with more stuff. But that was the whole ride. I had like a two-hour ride with him, and that was his big thing. He was just drilling into my head. So anyway, that's well. Part. Yeah, you know, stereoisomerization. If you can do it at the reaction point, mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, otherwise, you have to do likely do chromatography and take the take the unwanted isomer and mm-hmm. rotate it to get your desired isomer. Right. So he was probably uh he probably was in a financial way skipping the step which is awesome to do if you can pull it off and make it work, right? Yeah. And uh I don't know, there's I, I've got a handful of things he's probably doing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Course yeah, you now do. you got Jim's brain spinning. <laughs> In stereo, no, in stereo, I think, in stereo. I think I got a little bit. I think I got a little bit better hone on what it may have been, but yeah, there's a handful of things that are going through my head. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, if you can pull it off in uh, the stereoisomerization in one reaction, then you've got a really good reaction. You've got a you've got a great reaction. That's 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 the reason that I did so well as a chemist is because I looked at what they were doing there to make their products and I created just across the board 25% up their efficiency and with some of them I got their efficiency into the low 80s which from the 60s which made them tons of fucking money (laughs) and uh, so yeah you know you, you just when you tweak these reactions to get things just right okay you know you go back to the isomerization okay it just so happens that boiling methanol with one drop of 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 concentrated sulfuric acid in 10 grams of solvent and one gram of of extract has just the right energy and conditions to create THC mm-hmm. but two drops in there it's not going to create THC. Uh-huh. So, uh, 
or if you use a solvent that boils higher, it's not going to do that. Can we go the can we go both ways on the sort of cannabinoid synthesis pathway? Like can we create CBG from THC with this? You know, I imagine that you could, but not with this and the process would be much more efficient to build CBG from scratch. Because right. the idea of working from CBG and, and then with that building block saying, okay, let's get some THC, some CBD, let's throw in some THCV, let's get, you know, reacted and get some CBC. That's like way more feasible to me than trying to breed these things in any workable concentration. Well, yes and no. It's kind of, oh, it's kind of opposite. Once you find the thing, be all over it. once you find the one that you're like, okay, well, that's way easier than trying to separate it all. Just grow the fucking thing. The guys who are going to make the successful products are the guys who breed it. Mm-hmm. Because if it comes out of the plant, it's going to be better than a vat. Right. Well, you, it's also your, uh, your starting with so your... No matter what, no matter how much more efficient or whatever they come up with in the pharmaceutical reaction, uh, it's going to be a chemical reaction in a vat, and it's not going to be mitigated by biological you know, mediators or anything. There's not going to be any kind of uh breaks on the byproducts that it produces right whereas the plant is very specific about what it does now here's a question so then you've got a chemical chemical plant and we're back to waste stream again right now i have a lot of experience with a chemical plant waste stream and you do not want to be part of that so when it's happening in the plant is it does the plant have the the capability of, I guess it's not really isomerizing, but can it change the chirality of its compounds in itself, or is that something that has to happen outside of a plant? Like that's can that be part of the difference between different strains? Is how they're they're spitting yeah, these I would, things? I would think that that is exactly the difference between different different way different strains present. And could potentially even growing methods I, like affect different that? chiralities, uh, uh, changing changing. Uh, during curing, I mean, um, they just discovered a new, uh, quote-unquote, new terpene. Is this hashishine? Because I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Perfect. That is created because terpenes are all mashed together and they react. Or one terpene is being, its chirality and rotation are all being twisted somehow by what's going on in that compressed block of hash to create a whole new species of compound. Uh, so, yeah, you know, terpenes are, are they're kind of semi-fragile-ish molecules. You know, uh, uh, they have a tendency to oxidize if not kept properly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, you know, they'll turn dark. And they do, they do this, they, they're reactive chemicals. And, uh, and, uh, the way the plant's genetics works on creating them can have a huge influence over everything from whether it's, you know, dextro level or some other, I mean, the chirality of terpenes is not just strictly dextrin level. It's, it's got, it's, they're really twisted up molecules. Mm-hmm. They can have, they can have, they're really twisted up molecules. 
I'm, I have I happen like I said to be looking. I have diagrams like handy, and I'm looking at them, and they're all pretty much the same except that little tail's twisted different. At least the ones on this diagram. I'm not saying all of them. Of the cannabinoids or the? Uh, hang on, let me pull it up because I clicked away from it. I'll pull it up, and Adam and I can. Cannabinoids look at it are largely all the same. They're a, they're a phenolic group. Oh yeah, these look. So I guess what's the same about like most of them? So like here's alpha and beta pinene. This alpha has the little line in here, and beta has it coming out of the top. Mm-hmm. And then like, uh, does it have any of the two? Terpene, terpenine. I can't see which terpenine, and then terpenaline. This one goes in here. You know, it's like, so one of these little tails just, like, jumps and connects elsewhere, and that's the mm-hmm. difference. Oh, and here's alpha terpenine over here. Mm-hmm. So we can compare that. And these are all isomers of each. Now, like, it also has, like, like delta limonene doesn't look that different than terpenaline. Like, it's one tail different. It's as different. Delta, or D-limonene is as different from terpenaline as terpenaline is from... Yeah, any of the terpenines or any of the terpenines are from each other. That's pretty... Cr- but now, some of this stuff, like Delta-3 carrying, that doesn't look like any of the other ones. It's all arranged totally different. That's what I mean by them being really twisted up molecules. Sure, sure. I, I mean, wish I wish I had a means to post this to the screen right now so the viewers could see this. Oh, but, going you know, the guy that's doing that today is texting on his phone by the dab station. What? What is he doing? What is he doing, KTI? K-T-I. It's okay. It's okay. You don't right. need to do it. Should we do sponsors real quick? Yeah, we'll do sponsor shoutouts. I mean, the show's technically, we've gone over two hours here, but I'm loving this. This is, like, probably never been discussed on the internet before. The, the chirality of terpenes. The chirality of terpenes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's you know what, and, and, and no I'm not right. an expert. Don't don't quote me as being an expert. You're I just the, have some Dr. Chirality. Yeah, you have more expertise than any... I mean, is Dr. Mark an expert? Can he be considered an expert? Because we, we can get him on the phone, too. We can get him down. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much studying he's done on terpenes, because ah. you can do... You could be a you can be a terpene chemist if you want to. Where are those guys? How come we don't know any of those guys? We because thought we knew all the guys. Terpene chemist. The industry doesn't want a damn thing to do with you or I. Okay, well, I'm going to do some Googling while Adam starts doing these shout-outs uh, and right. try to find someone who's got a degree in terpene chemistry. Well, look in the perfume industry. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's where you're going to find, if you want to know terpenes, if you want to know scent molecules. <laughs> and this is what Kay always tells us. And when you start looking at that, you gotta, you got to, of course, uh, buy these really expensive books. They're way more expensive than weed books, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reference libraries aren't cheap. Not in any way, shape, or form. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the last book I bought cost 500 bucks, man. Oh, A Fragrant Introduction to Terpenoid Chemistry, books.google.com. 500 bucks. Mm, maybe. So Adam, we'll Dun- Adam Dunn Show just got props from a homeless guy. Yeah, tell that story, and then we'll do shout News, news, news. News, uh, news, news. It's news, news, news. My friend Young uh, Carlos was just at a red light, and he handed one over the Adzi jars, and the guy was like, uh, "What's this from?" And he goes, "From the Adam Dunn cup." And then the guy was like, "Adam Dunn, no way!" I think, and then he's like, "I think he's thinking of the baseball player." Which That's is, fine. Which is even funnier because then the guy's like, "Really, Adam Dunn, baseball player, has his own cup? It's crazy. His own weed party? Yes, crazy." 
So yeah, so we're blowing up in the homeless world. In the homeless community. <laughs> Huge in the homeless here. community. We are fucking killing it. Well, it's almost four o'clock, gentlemen, and I need to roll up. Oh, that's good. Well, we, that's we, good. We, it's perfect. All right, we, well, can, we can wrap you up. and then Yeah, we we'll wrap you up and, and do the shout outs and then we'll wrap the show. Perfect. Done. So, and I just found a thing in terpene chemistry about stereo. Oh, we have 25 more dis- uh, questions for you. No, no, no. no. We'll let it go till next time. It was awesome having you, Jim. You always yeah. enlighten us with all sorts of pleasure. It's pleasure. I, I don't get to talk terpenal knowledge and whatever. Don't else. Get about it too much. We got to track down a terpene chemist to have on the show with you and Doctor Mark. That I think is well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That will be That's crazy. Also, uh, somebody in the perfume industry, because I tell you what, I'd love to pick the brain myself. We'll see, really what, we'll see what we can do here. They're they're hard to track down, but uh, we'll see what we can do. Anyway, Jim, thanks as always for coming on. Hopefully, we'll get you back on here in the near future. Sounds like maybe you have a little more time on your hands or a little less time on your hands, but one way or another. It's turning into a little less, but you know, when I do have time, I I try to unplug. So yeah, right on, um, man. There's one way I do it. So Look, there yeah. you go. Keep well, unplugging any, with anytime, us, brother. Anytime you want to come through. Yeah. Right on, Jim. Have a great evening over there, uh, and have a great holiday weekend, bro. All right. You guys have the same. My my best to y'all. Right on. All right. Let's do shouts, Adam. Okay. So uh, shout out to Way to Grow out of the gate. Seven locations all over Colorado. We were under the illusion there was a new one, I think, but I think we were wrong. It was a Uh, myth. Myth. That was a myth. Uh, Latest shop, Silverthorne location. No problem getting down for the mountains right now, but you know how it is later on in the season. You don't want to come down any further. Um, the My favorite shop, 1051, Platte River. Also, Concentrate Corner there. Pick up all your Concentrate gear. And uh, also, check out the website, which is waytogrow.org. Right? .net. Or .net, sorry. Waytogrow.net. .net. Um, and right now, they're doing the Keep It Cool sale. 30% off all can filters, can products. Uh, fans, filters. Yeah, there's odor ordinances too, right? You know what's that? Yeah, yeah odor, odor ordinances. ordinances. Yeah, keep it cool and keep, keep it, it fresh. Don't go stinky and hot. Go cool and fresh. Um, and also, our buddies over at Incredibles, they got the fire pens. If you want to get a pen, those even if pens. you don't think you want to get a pen, try that's kind of what it is. Try, try and inc- before you write off pens, try the Incredible from two guys who hate pens. The only pen I smoke. It's actually enjoyable. It's great. Uh, also, uh, obviously, incredible edibles. Right now, it's the the perfect. It's literally three days away from the big day of Fourth of July, Independence Day. But it's more about the time of the year when you can actually get the firecracker bar, firecracker bar with. White chocolate and uh, not pop rocks, not rocks. not pop rocks. Exploding bits of candy that no, not candy. Exploding bits of flavor. Just independence, <laughs> independence. Yeah, exploding, exploding bits of freedom. Freedom in your yeah. mouth, exactly. <laughs> and uh, also all the other great flavors, including the uh, newest and awesomest stuff like the Afgados and all those other awesome flavors. Black cherry, black cherry CBD, black cherry. pistachio, black cherry. all CBD. those. Yeah. I have a feeling I pass out halfway through the that. The black cherry CBD? Yeah, just because of CBD. CBD was not. Well, we'll isomerize it into THC for you. 
Ooh. Ooh. Way to stay relevant. Stay relevant. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Keep it moving, KTI. Right. And, of course, our, uh, other, oh, Dark Horse. Other, other crew we love to uh, push their Dark Horse genetics at, with, under their wing, Extracted Colorado. Of course. And AU Extra. With a very uh, adult owner, I heard. Yeah. This, this is not an accurate map. But Terrible map. map. Terrible map of where we are not at. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> good, good to click there. But uh, but the pictures are good. Look, pictures are good. You guys are almost yeah, as good. Orange spice. Pretty much all of our com- all yeah, of our yeah. uh, orange spice is sold out. Anything with orange yeah. these days? What's up with that? That stuff was crazy. It was like orange spice cake. It was really really spot on. Uh, nice citrus cocktail. Definitely tastes just like a tropical cocktail. The Shirley Temple is the hot shit right now. <laughs> Straight up ginger ale and maraschino cherries. I love that's awesome. that one. Yeah. You got some? You got some? I I, I will see about getting some. You got some? Big, big shout out to Build the Soil. Yo, yo. Go, Jeremy. Go, Jeremy. No exploding bits, but there is that 4th of July sale. Yeah, that's kind of better for 4th of July than bits exploding in your mouth. Exploding plants is better than exploding bits in your mouth. Buildthesoil.com. Not better. Jeremy's having a soil sale because he got a new soil mixer. You know we love to support Jeremy. Uh, and you guys seem to love him because his products support the hell out of your gardens. Yes, yes, he does. And uh, I was actually talking to the coconut guy today, or my buddy. Oh, coconut water guy? Yeah, because you know what's funny is that they had at Nature Grocers, they had the exact thing they talked about, live coconut, like the boom, stick the straw right in that bad yeah. boy. wasn't from him, though. So he's like... Get me Someone photos. else had the idea get of coconut with a straw in coconuts. it. Yes, I'm on an espionage mission now. Good. And they have a vegan mix now that's new. Oh, that They're is totally new. Oh, vegan organic soil. There, there you go. It. We got it. Oh, good. Vegan. Should do, do it. It's made of. It. How go many ahead. vegans are in that? Go ahead and eat it. Uh, quite a few. I dare I you. I think it's two thirds or something. Two thirds of that is yeah, vegans. Pinto. Speaking of other stones, grow stones. Whoa, guys, do it. Make grow stones. Make them. Do it. Do it. Make grow stones. Making grow stones. Grow stones. You're done with Paralyte. If you listen to this show and you're still using Paralyte, stop listening. Don't just stop listening to this episode. Never tune in again. Ever. Because you're a sucker and we don't like suckers. Grow stones. Growstones.com. That's the one you want, the soil aerator. Mm-hmm. That one, Mix that in. better than Paralyte. Better, you know, doesn't float. Doesn't float. Better uh, water holding really, ratio, really, better air holding really ratio. Reusable. Oh, there's a chart. Let's go back to that chart. Oh, uh, look at that. Look. Water and air, water and air. Where's uh, Growstone? Oh, a little more, a little more air than water. But then look right next to it to Paralyte. Go right next to it, to the left. Yeah, boom. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. The, the water yeah, from Growstone's. Is pretty close to the amount of water in Paralyte, but look at the difference in air. It's not like you have less water. It's just holding that much more air, which your roots love. Growstones.com. Check them out. Growstone.com, excuse me. Or click them right off of AdamDunnShow.com. Just click it. Just click, click it. it. Click just it. Click, click it. it and go. Click it. And while you're clicking, HydroponicResearch.com. Keep it simple. Keep it so simple, so stupid. clear. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Soup, simple. Soup. That's, no. Keep never it simple, when, stupid. Never, never when you're advertising, though. Keep it simple, some Smarty, smart guy who was going to buy her stuff. Yeah, yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. But uh, again, I can't say enough. If you're working in a commercial scale facility, I don't know anyone who's running this on a large scale who doesn't depend on it. Really, like, they wouldn't be able to grow another way at that scale. Well, 
Could. Like if you look at Tierra Rojo's facility, yeah, you need mm. eight more guys, mm. twenty more guys. Just mixing, just mixing and watering and all the nonsense. Veg and Bloom, save yourself twenty guys worth of work. Insurance, guaranteed. <laughs> save save yourself twenty guys worth of work. Uh, how who knows how many bottles worth of garbage nutrients that you don't need? Give your plant exactly what it needs. Blended for your water. It's not it's not the one size fits all solution. But when you think about it, one size fits all doesn't make any fucking sense. No, you have to you have to check your water. Yes, it all starts with the water, and you can, oh a different amount of this or a different amount of that. That is not the same as having it formulated for your water, and that's what Veg and Bloom gives you. Check them out at hydroponicresearch.com. And of course, seeds here now. 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 Mephisto Genetics release. Oh, you all all strains. All strains. We're reviewing them all. Start the strains, from the top. Strands, all all strands. strands. Oh, Grimdika. Grimdika. He's got strands on strands. On he has so many strands. Brothers Grim, Archive, strands. Exotic. He's got the L.O.G. <laughs> what else we got? Grimdika. Keep going. No Keep going. L.O.G. No. Ethos right, Collective. Adam's a big fan of Ethos. Uh, Snow High, of course. Loud Seeds. You know, loud. Mosca. Crockett. He's got... Things in here that aren't even listed on the list of breeders that he carries. Strawfield, sour banana sorbet. Flavors. You want flavors? Flavors. Seeds here now has got flavors for give you. Me, give me flavors. 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 Flavors of strands. More flavors of strands. Top, Top dog. dog. Bog. I mean, really, everyone mm, you can NYC imagine. Cam. Sunny Chiba. Do I have a, do I have a, DJ Short. Do I have a little moniker right there? You don't have anything. Your strands are not included. My strands don't. Your strands don't have enough flavors. Flav, flavonoids. Flavs, terpy flavs. <laughs> Your strands, swamp boys. You need terpy flavs yeah. to get in this, into the zone. Yeah. See, Adams don't have the terpy flavs, but you can go in the, the non-terpy flavs section and find THC. Is there a non-terpy flav zone? That's where you are. No. Yes, it's only THC. Yes, look Bro. at it. It's no beard seed company. Have, it was a beard. Yeah, all flavors got withdrawn. Gone. Gone. Sorry. They're all in the beard. That's, we're going to extract. We're going to isomerize Adam's beard after beard we get off the air. That's why we kept it. Seedsy.com. Seedsyournow.com. Seedsyournow.com. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. Back flames. There we go. Flaves of flame. Oh, flaves of flame. Flave on flame. Oh, that dark star. Flave on flame on flame. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right. We found them all. And? And? That's it. Seedsyournow.com. 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 Thank you guys for tuning in. We promise sour diesel stories uh, and our sour diesel we're, guest. We're as sour about the sour diesel story as you are right now. Where is the guy? Did he get shook? Is he scared? I have a feeling, have a feeling he may have. It's like, Did someone interrupt? Did someone interrupt? Someone may have called him and said, if you ever tell a story about the sour no. diesel. No. Fuck go, that. We're here to protect him. I know. That's what we'll do. I don't think that happened, but look, look how many texts I did. I see. That's five texts or six no, texts. Oh, wow. That's way more. One, that's two, like 12 three, texts. Four, yeah, yeah. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. I did 10 texts. 10 texts. After the last one, he said was cool. Cool that he was on his way here said, and he didn't show up. I said, I have some oil for you, too. So I figured the oil. You tempted him with everything that you needed. In. Everybody knows the bro. How long was he in town for? He's here for the shows. When are those over? Sunday, I would assume. So we need to record it or something. We're going to do that. We're going to get him secretly all doped Capture up. him. Capture him, dope him up. Well, we'll give him THC acetate. There we go. I promise. We'll give you acetate. THC acetate. And we'll tie you up. Nope. 
What? What? You don't tell him. You don't promise that part. You just, uh, that's, the surpri- that's the surprise. We'll not tie you up. That's the big surprise. We'll inject acetate into your Yes. Veins. No. No? No. No injections. No injections of acetate. We will not We'll get inject. you guys the sour D story, whatever it takes. That's the we main point. We will inject people to get the story, I'm telling you. Inject away. Inject. Inject the ass. Um, shout outs. KTI, quick shout out. To the mountains. What about your what about your work that's waiting for you? You know shot them? To work? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <It's> so high. <laughs> that's not work. Oh, that's yeah. awful. Oh man, there was someone who was tuning in. I'll do this weekend. There was someone who was tuning in for the first time who just heard us saying strands. We don't really think they're called strands. No, that's not a joke. No, that's a joke. We no, we may, we're making strands. fun of people who say strands we instead love, of strands. We love the word strands. Yeah, sorry guys, we're not idiots. Sorry. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we usually point out the word strands. If it's yeah, we think it's very funny when other people say strands. Yeah, we got strands on strands. My strands have strands, by the way. My strands have strands that have terps. Uh, Terpy flaps. <laughs> Terpy flaps on my strands, bro. All right, oh, uh, dude, that's so ISO. You like that? Yeah, that's so ISO. What was that? What was the other one? That's my. I'm st- my terps are stereo ISO, bro. I got stereo, stereo ISO terps. Yeah, my 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 stereo isomized by terps, bro. All right. Anyway, big shout out to my beautiful wife Cece, who's standing like eight feet away from me right now. Uh, probably has to go pick up Nick. Forgot all about him. Mm. And, and uh, little Nick, who's down at preschool yoga school. Yeah, he's, he's a redwood now. He's moved up from a uh, sunflower to a red. It's amazing how they go from sunflower to redwood. Where does he go from there? Planet? I know. You're like, <laughs> he's growing at an yeah, astounding yeah, rate. He's, he's, definitely growing, <laughs> he's definitely growing quick. If you've gone from sunflower to, to automatic redwood. Um, big shout out to Ace Down at the Farm. Uh, just grinding, grinding, grinding. Indoor, outdoor, all around her, round door. And uh, also to Joel and Noah and Ashley and all the crew there. Aaron, the boys, helping out down there, making things happen. And uh, take it away, Mr. Gout Foot. I'm not gouty. What You're you not doing? gouty anymore? It's over? No, no. I'm, it's not happening now. Can I pour some... Uh, uh, That's like me calling you Mr. Beard, beard Face. Like, you're not beardy right now. You'll get beardy again. I will be bearded by, by next week. No, no, come on. I might leave this for a month. Just Let's see. We'll take bets on how fast I think we could do a boy band thing. That's what I was thinking. Do a boy band plan. video. Yeah, boy band video with the kid and KTI and yeah. you and me. I think we could pull that off. Yeah. Kid KTI T- could be the name of the boy band. K- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except when people are like, what is KTI? I'll be like. Kid it's, T.I. It's, it's Kid T.I. It's, yeah, Kid T.I. Okay. Yes. Oh, so what are we? We're I? We're like the DJ. Yeah. We don't get mentioned. We We're not main to- characters. We're the main guys. We're the main guys of the boy band. The young old guys. The young old guys. Vinny's going to dance too. Yes, Vinny's the backup dancer. (laughs) Vinny's the backup dancer and uh, backup singer, actually. Uh, Matt Riot says you look very handsome, Adam. Thanks, Uh, Matt. Big, big shout out to Adam's beard. Uh, My uh, beautiful wife, Reese. Little kiddo, Farron. And Frenchie Cannoli, who's going to be here tomorrow. Tomorrow. Very French tomorrow. Uh, Resine. Resine. He's going to cook everyone's steak or something. Oh, great. That's what I heard because he shifted the time. So instead of lunch, you're getting steak. How are, okay, so because he thinks we have a big kitchen there or something? No, because he knows from Adzi that combining the smell of uh, cannabis and cooked meat is so amazing. Barbecue, so having a barbecue, basically. It's a turp quest. Like. Turp huh? quest. So I should bring that barbecue over there. Probably. I don't know. I'll read you the email after we get off the air. The barbecue will be there. <laughs> All right. We'll <laughs> see you guys next week, and hopefully we'll have a recorded sourdough story. We will. Every one of them.
being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own Some call it sense of media, some call it dance bread, and some people call it.